because I do believe that there are times when you absolutely need it. But you have to look for other resources as well. You cannot just depend on medication. You cannot depend on just counseling to make you better. You really have to continue to work and find what works for you. That may be counseling. That may be a medication. But it may be a combination of those things. It may be exercise. It may be changing your diet. It may be trying some paint therapy. You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 55, The Lawnmower, featuring Gingy Miller. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you for placing Find the Good News in your podcast queue. This week, I'm talking to Gingy Miller, a local artist with a knack for transformation. She's got a story that I know will touch someone's life. Next week's episode is another special road trip edition. In it, I share the day I spent with the incredible people at Water's Edge Food Pantry in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I visit with the spark that started the food pantry, Kelly Stowecki. Like the other road trip episodes, there will be a video component. If you've ever wondered just how Water's Edge Food Pantry pulls this much needed offering off, then you'll want to tune in. In the following weeks, I've got Richard and Jack Harrell. This is an episode about fathers, their sons, and how supporting a child's interests can really bloom into an incredible new talent. Plus, Jack gives us a taste of his budding piano skills. It's a lot of fun. Next Tuesday, we'll have another live episode of Find the Good News, and we'll be featuring some of the guys from the Horrors and Hops podcast to help promote their upcoming live pod at a local brewery on Friday the 13th. Our last live show was a big hit and tons of fun. If you want to listen to the show live and chat with the Horrors and Hops gang, go to Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com slash find the good news and sign up. It's free, and you can join the chat from your computer or with the Mixler app right from your smartphone. I also want to tell you about our Patreon page. If you find value and find the good news, you can help me make it even better by visiting patreon.com slash find the good news. Consider joining the Early Risers Club. You'll have access to a super secret pod called The B-Sides, featuring behind-the-scenes conversations with the crew that helps me make find the good news possible. That's patreon.com slash find the good news. Well, that was a mouthful. It's time for me to zip up the announcements, cue up the conversation you came here for, and press play on a little good news. Like you, I've looked at a lot of artwork in my life. It comes in all shapes and sizes, and more often than not, each work's beauty is relevant to the particular eye of the beholder. We see it, process it, gauge it, place it somewhere on our value spectrum, often within the first moments of exposure. What most pieces don't reveal to us is the story of the artist, the textures of their life. This is the treasure I received when I sat down to visit with Gingy Miller, artist and owner of Louise E. Anna Creations, located inside Flock of Five Art Emporium in Sulphur, Louisiana. Gingy is an artist, a creator, that gives old and discarded objects a second life through creative adornments, modifications, pairing, and painting techniques. Not unlike Gingy, many of these possessions have stories of their own, and if they could talk, they would likely weave tales of joy, sorrow, love, and loss. Unlike the art she creates, Gingy can share her story, giving new meaning to the passion she puts into her work. Hers is a story of impermanence, change and rebirth, building a new person on the framework of an old life. 
It's a story of life, death, living with the memories of what came before, embracing all of the pains those memories bring, and transmuting them into the energy to shape something new. Gingy Miller has taken the parts and pieces of her life, snipping and tossing what didn't fit, adding new things that did, and created a version of herself that is healthier, happier, and able to greet each tomorrow with eagerness and genuine joy. Gingy hasn't forgotten her losses and pains. She honors them through her transformative artwork in the rebuilding and repurposing of lost and disregarded things. Perhaps we all carry around old objects inside ourselves, things we're hanging on to that are only taking up space in our minds and hearts, weighing heavy on our spirits. Maybe, like Gingy, we can find a way to transform them, enshrine them with love, and give new meaning to our lives in the process. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window old news bad news fake news sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all with find the good news i aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work i visit with artists educators civic and spiritual leaders musicians business owners students volunteers and everyday citizens who are using their creativity resources and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world in each episode i dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests we have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. I had ran into her at a Sulphur Homecoming Parade, and I found out she moved back to town from New Orleans, and I always enjoyed seeing her and talking uh-huh. to her. And uh, she, I still do it. I still say, um, and uh, but nowhere near to the level that I used to because, man, she really worked that out of us in class. Yes. I went to design school, and we had to do presentations. And oh, I would yeah. Do, I would do it, and then I would... Um, try to give constructive criticism to other people so they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then I kept doing it myself, and so I was pretty much a hypocrite. So you're conscious of it, though. Once you become conscious, you can kind of start to... I try to be, but I watched a video a while back that I made. Oh. And I went, ooh, I think I said you know too much. Mm, I hear you. I find with me, I can talk and talk and talk, and I don't worry if I sound like a fool. And I'll talk about anything as long as I have somebody to talk to. But I still have a hard time doing like what you do. When I I said, you know, I watched your live videos. Mm -hmm. I still have a hard time with just talking to a device. I've even tried that here. You know, like I've had a request to do a few just like solo episodes. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And I've, I've, I've recorded a few, but I always just ditch them. Because it just doesn't feel... Does natural yeah there's no person and i gotta get i gotta get into that space where i'm talking to my listeners but 
I don't know. For me, that has to be real. Like it has to be. Well, tangible. I talk to the dog a lot, <laughs> so that's probably why I, you know, start the video and think, "Oh, I'm talking to Scarlett." Do you think that, or do you? Are you? No, no? I was. I was making a joke. I was like, but, "Wow, that's a cool device. I need to do but, that too." <laughs> uh, if she would sit there while I was videoing, I would totally talk to her. And people would love to see her on video, but no, she's always worried I'm going to drop something. Or uh, she's scared of everything except a moving vehicle. Really? Yeah. She'll go right and run right in front of that. But That's no. something. So for people that are listening, will you give me your elevator pitch, like who you are and what elevator you do, pitch. and then we'll just dive off from there. Sounds great. I have no idea what I do. And <laughs> um, so my name is Genji. Rhymes with Benji. Um, that's all my mother's fault. Uh, my middle name's worse, but we won't go into that. Really? Yet. You're not going to yes. tell? Mm, maybe later. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, I Let's see. I was a faux painter for 12 years. What's a faux painter? Faux painter does uh, decorative painting, typically on walls. Um, make it look like brick, but it's oh, not. Okay, okay. Or plaster. Yeah. Um, Antique and cabinets, things like that. So I, okay. I initially um, went to design school in Houston. Really? And yeah, the Art Institute there yeah. in interior design. Wasn't really very good at interior design, but that's where I got interested in the faux painting. Okay. And I had a wonderful friend who gave me a bunch of books when I graduated, and I kind of taught myself. Um, I moved back to the area, Sweet Lake actually, and. Uh, Tried to get a job as an interior designer, but that was right when the casinos were starting. Here, um, yeah. Yeah, early 90s mm-hmm. and uh, mid-90s, I guess. And it just, things weren't booming here yet. Yeah. So I had an interview in Baton Rouge twice, but they went with the four-year student over the two-year student. Mm. So anyway, I ended up going back to school. Went to McNeese, got a bachelor's degree in psychology with a minor in sociology and wow, okay. i absolutely love school if i could be a professional student somebody uh-huh. else would pay for it i'm there i say that now in, in hindsight for sure yeah yeah i love to i love to learn but anyway um so i did that and then i had family members that were in education and they were really pushed the education go 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 and so i started my teaching certificate but at that point, I had been in school for, I don't know, long enough to be a doctor. Really? <laughs> it seems like. I, yeah. I went you know, directly out of high school in 90, and then um, I graduated McNeese in 97. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I did a lot of school. Um, so I quit the teaching certificate thing because I was just done and, and worked a little bit, but really started my faux painting business. and. Uh, took several years to really get that going and then i got married and moved away where'd right you move to hicks oh hicks we were talking about that okay yes. so that's where you actually moved I that's where i actually moved i had to, I had to relate it to everybody so i had to you know i needed to find somebody who lived away now i met him at a friend's wedding and okay uh, the the friend was marrying a girl from hicks Okay. But he didn't move to Hicks. She moved here. Oh, I was the okay. dummy that moved to Hicks. <laughs> and uh, but my husband worked out at Fort Polk, so okay. it only made sense to do that. But I got you. You know, the faux painting business in Hicks is not uh, in high demand. No, I mean, I, for people listening, I mean, they may already know, but I didn't until we got to talking. But Hicks is, you know, if you're heading up to 
through Leesville, right? Uh And you're like about to enter Kasachi. If you take a a hard right to the east, that's going to take you to Alexandria. So Hicks is between that point and Ellick, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've only, like I said, I'd only drove through there a few times. So it is, it's kind of the Piney Woods. It's Piney Woods without a doubt and uh, very small. I'm originally from Cameron. Yeah. And I grew up in Creole Grinchonier area too. So uh, I'm used to small, but this was even smaller than that. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to restart my business in Alexandria, but it just, it, it wasn't working out. So then I did, uh, I decided to do medical transcription from home in the hopes of being a stay-at-home mom and earning a little bit of money. Yeah. So I got a certificate in that and started doing that. And I did that for 12 years and absolutely boring. Uh, not, so boring. Not, not, not stimulating. Not, not artsy. Not, it was so boring. Um. But I would always, I'd still take a few painting jobs here and there. I had to make stuff all the time. I needed to, I had to make stuff. That's, yeah. That's always been my thing. I need to. You like to create. I got to create something. Have you always and been that way? Always been that way. Really? And yeah, I can remember. In, in fact, I have a sibling who, I have a brother who said, uh, I don't know, about six or seven years ago, he said, uh, you know, I used to think you were crazy. And really? then I realized. Yeah, and when he said that, I thought, pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> but he said, I used to think you were crazy, and then I realized you're just weird. <laughs> and I'm like, I get, yes, I am. I agree. I'm And you'll weird. take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll own that. I yeah. don't have a problem with that at all. Always have. Um, you know, earliest memories of um, making plastic bubbles on the back porch with a visqueen all taped up, put a fan in it and blow it up. That was something I learned in gifted and talented class that we had and uh, made wax hands when I was young. Came across, you know, if you put wax and with hot water and you dipped your hand in there, all of a sudden it would like cling to your hand and you could make a mold. And, uh-huh. uh, just always. So you like to experiment and. Yeah, try different things. And so um, I've had a booth for the last, I guess, three years at Flock of Five in Sulphur, where I make stuff and sell stuff. And um, I haven't, I finally dove into that about three months ago. Really? Full time. Okay. Quit the medical transcription. Enough is enough of that. So you were still doing that up to just recently then? Yes. Okay. In the last quarter of a year? Yeah. Okay. Um. And I decided I just need to make a go of it again. Life's too short to sit behind a desk doing something I can't stand to do. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, and I'm fortunate that, um, in many ways, I'm fortunate that it's just me and a dog. And so I don't have a lot of responsibilities that other people have financially, you know, kids to pay for and college and uh, all of that. So I have... I don't need to earn quite as much. Well, and if you don't have those things, I mean, what you're doing makes every bit of sense, too, because you're choosing to do something good with that time. I hope so. I, it sounds like it. You know, I, yeah. you know, you know, I feel like I don't qualify for this show. Well, I don't think. So. Well, that's a that's an interesting segue, actually. You know, I've I've had. Um, and I think it's a thought experiment, right? I mean, I, I take it as a thought experiment. I've had people ask me about a particular guest maybe on the show and say, 
because I get messages from all different places. And, you know, people, when you put something out, you have to be kind of open to receive something back. I mm-hmm. mean, and you don't know what it's going to be. Some of it's good and some of it's, I guess, bad. But I did have, I've had several times people say, so what was their good news? Right. And so I think that it's a perception thing. And I mean, I I can get really deep about it and go on and on. But I think most things are a perception thing. It's all about perception and perspective and everything. Yeah. So what's good news? I mean, that's my question in general. Is it thundering? Yeah. I'm just listening because I was like, something's (laughs) rumbling. What is that? Because, you know, there's going to be some lightning on that show oh yeah well that's right pretty soon (laughs) yeah well what she's talking about is i play back to the future in the background with all my guests i'm really revealing my big secret to try to keep the show on a certain time limit i didn't mean to do that you can cut that part out (laughs) no it's good i think it adds to the whole density of the thing but yeah i i that question what is good news and i i think first i have to say well what is news in general you know i mean it's it's just information right i mean and what why um why would we elevate one thing and not another thing you know and what are all the different tiers of that in in one person's life something can be really good news but it could be of no value to another person and so i think having a show like this you have to think when you start something how what's the end of it look like too and so in thinking on that i thought well okay if i if i have this one tier of what good news is then you've got a very limited show you're going to eventually hit a wall and a ceiling but if if good news appears in all the different variables of life you know and rises in all these places then you have just the the sky's the limit i've definitely seen it in every episode that i've listened to i've definitely heard good news well good i'm glad i'm glad you feel that way i have too just it's been for me the good news is i've it's a, a blessing to get to meet people. And I, I, there are so many interesting people around. I know. <laughs> there really are. I know. I'm fascinated by what comes out of these conversations. Um, good and bad. And when I say bad, I mean pains and pains and joys. Absolutely. Right? I mean, we every, all have them. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you and I... You know, like most people, I don't. We don't really know each other, but I mean, we kind of know each other online, right? I right. mean, I usually sometimes when somebody starts interacting with your social plat, you know, uh, social pages, you, you begin to see some some of the same people pop up. But I usually, when somebody starts communicating, I'll go look and see what they do. And so with you, it was very clear. I said, "Oh, well, I, I got to get a good picture of what you do." Well, good, because I, my little elevator version was not very good. Well, yeah, but I mean, I was fascinated. I said, oh, well, you do classes? I do. I mean, That's I'd love to thing. talk about that. I mean, there was some really cool stuff. I was like, wow, this is really fascinating. The book um, That's upscaling. tomorrow. Yeah. That's tomorrow. That class is going to be tomorrow, and I can't wait, because I think that's going to be the most fun class. It's called uh, Beautify a Book. Yeah, Beautify a Book. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's what we're calling it. And um, so I sell this line of paint uh, in my booth. It's called Debbie's Design Diary DIY Paint out of California, and it's a, it's a chalk-based, clay-based paint. Um, so for those that are familiar with chalk paints, it's a no sand, no prime kind of paint. Works, okay. Works great on furniture, especially. Really? So it's really about upcycling furniture. And I, I like to try and uh, recycle, upcycle things as much as possible, reuse. And um, so the other line of stuff that I sell is Iron Orchid Designs, and they make molds and transfers and stamps. Okay. So 
tomorrow what we're really going to mainly do the big impact piece on a book we're going to take an old book and we're going to add molds to it with a air dry clay and i have several different molds some look like uh, mermaids or angels oh, or okay. classic design elements whatever it is flourishes things like that exactly yeah. okay so we'll put some of those on the book we'll glue them on there paint the whole thing add some stencils add some um stamps add some other embellishments I have some keys yeah. and some oh what do you call whenever they um oh i don't remember what it's called whenever you have things that turn so anyway like we're cogs gonna take and, and cogs and, and things like that yep. yeah so we're going to take a bunch of stuff and just and i can't wait because i really want people to not follow the example on this one i see most of the time i want them to experiment i want them to do what they want to do what speaks to them that day and see because everybody i have so many people who come to class and i haven't had a whole lot yet but they do they come and they think that they're not creative or they think that they don't have an artistic bone in their body or they're not crafty or whatever and when you see them light up um i had class last thursday night and this one girl who, her friend drug her there, and she's like, we're going to find her crafty bone. I know she has one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she starts, and, and we're making this wooden tray, and we, we paint it, and we add some molds to it, and then we get to this transfer part, which is so cool. It's just a rub-on transfer, but it's got such a high impact. It's this big floral piece that we rub onto this wood, and you pull it off, and it's this beautiful flower. Like, you painted it on there. Yeah. And she goes, without even knowing that she did it, she goes, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> and I said, that just, made my, that just yeah. made my whole week. I mean, that's what it's all, that's what it's for. I mean, I, I, I think, I hear that all the time from folks that say, I'm not creative, I'm not creative. And I think in working in a creative industry, sometimes I get almost tired of hearing that, well, you're the creative and I'm like, we. I, I prefer to work uh, in teamwork with people. Do you? Yeah, I do. I like, don't. Really? I, I like to have, like if a client comes, and I guess it depends on what we're doing, but if a client comes and says, hey, here's what I, I want to do. Um, here's my ideas. Can you bring these ideas to life? I guess that's what I mean in the sense of. I, I want that input. I want that feedback. I want I want to know like who they are. And well, I need that from my client, too. I need to know what it's like. I have one of my clients right now was one of my very first faux painting clients. Mm. She really kind of, you know, if she asked me to do anything, I'm doing it because she took a chance on me when I was first starting out. So, yeah, uh, but we're doing some furniture painting for her. And um, I did an island and a hood and her fireplace wow but she'll call and say okay i bought this piece and that helps because i need to see the piece that she's talking about sure and then i can run with what she actually wants me to do but it's very i love her to death because she gives me free reign at the same time oh okay like i have an idea what she wants and then she says okay i want this color and this color now do your thing yeah you know, it's funny about that. I'm sure and you may have run into this, and I know we do two different things, but one thing that I um, have found is, uh, and this is where I get in the situation where I'm, I'm not so good at the teamwork part, is after I do have those initial, I guess, discovery meetings, right? And I've got all that good stuff from the client. I'm like, okay, I can move forward. Then I begin to work through the design, right? 
I try things and I throw things out and I go through this and I go, oh, that doesn't work. So it's a troubleshooting thing and, and you're refining it. And so by the time the client sees it, I've already done all of this stuff. And the one thing that always kills me is whenever the first piece of feedback is, you know, can we add a XYZ to this? And I'll go, and in my mind, I go, oh, I threw that out at like stage four. Right. You I know? tried it and it didn't work. And it work. didn't work, and, but, but they just insist. And so then I have to go sort of retrofit because there's a little bit of a trust thing there. It's like, oh, just trust me. It doesn't work, you know. And uh, that happens every once in a while. And sometimes <laughs> they trust you and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and we've learned yeah. to just go, hey, you know, that's that's the job. We were hired to um, hired to do this thing, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, you know? for the most part, most of my clients are happy with the outcome, as far as I know. I've only had, I know, one instance where, you know, a faux painting project did not go the way it was expected to go. I couldn't make that client happy. Yeah. There just wasn't any, I tried to fix it, I tried to, and they, they just didn't, you know, you have one of those. I mean, come on, one in, <laughs> I mean, 20-something years. I, I'll take one in 20-something years. That's not too bad. But. How long have you been doing those classes? The classes I haven't been doing very long, but the faux painting I really have been doing since probably the mid-90s. Wow. But it's just off and on. It's yeah. Not, it's not been a consistent thing. But, no, the classes are relatively relatively new. I tried to teach some um, faux painting classes at my home, I guess about a year ago. Uh, I have a shop there and okay. air-conditioned. and um, So I offered a couple of classes, but it's really hard to get people to come, number one, out to Carlos. Number, oh, yeah. Number two, out to some stranger's house. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that didn't really take off too well, and and I was still doing the medical transcription, and and these classes take a, a little more time than you think. So, I was fortunate at uh, Flock of Five; they opened up a classroom. And for those who don't know, and I know I say it really fast, so it is Flock of Five. Yeah. Um, it's the old post office. Yeah, the old post office. In Sulphur. And, it's a uh, cool building. It's great, and it's a great space. There are over 50 vendors there. Really? Um, there's that many? There's wow. that many, and a lot of stuff is all handmade. Um, there's some really great artists in there as well, so there's some cool stuff. So Lisa had opened up. Uh, Lisa owns Flock of Five, Lisa Reed, and she opened up a classroom for us to start teaching classes there. Oh, wow. There. Okay. And uh, not everyone's jumped on board yet. I think uh, only two people have taught classes, and I'm one of those. Yeah. But my goal is once a week, class once a week. People come from all over southwest Louisiana or further from those? or Not not yet from all over. I do have people who will come to purchase my paint from far away, like ah. Beaumont and Thibodeau. And oh, really? Some, yeah, some strange—maybe not Thibodeau, but there was some other place that was far away. Because I know there's a retailer in Thibodeau, so they probably didn't come from there. But, um, yeah, we're, we're getting— we're getting some people at least across the bridge. You know, that's a big thing. Yeah, that is. I mean, so. it's it's tough. I mean, with, you, you know how it is. The traffic's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we, we've completely uh, changed our planning. You know, and most of our work comes out of Lake Charles, but, I mean, the bulk of it, we, we the communicating gets done electronically. We just don't make as many trips over the bridge. Right. Well, yeah. I, know, I know I have to leave by 4 if there's anything I'd like to do between 5 and 
Seven. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky, that's right. I mean, I've had that. I have a, a standing meeting that I go to um, quite every couple of weeks in Lake Charles, and um, it lets out fairly late and late. And I'm usually watching my, you know, looking at my wrist to yeah. go, okay, is it getting into that point where I'm going to get stuck? Right. So for those people who work over here and don't want to get stuck in traffic, Flock of Five is open till six o'clock. Oh, you so. are still open till yeah. six. Okay. Yeah. Monday you, through Saturday. Are you there? I am there on occasion, but that's one of the beauties of of having a booth is that I don't have to be there. Yeah. Um, There's um, between the owner and then there's a manager. They they tend the store uh, six days a week. Wow. So Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Oh. And, you know, I'll get a call that something's sold and I need to come in or... For example, I'm going to go this afternoon, set up for class tomorrow, so I'll be there. I go move stuff around in my booth and try to have demo days. That's another thing that I want to do. Yeah. Demonstration days where I show how to how to use some products so people get a hands-on, have an opportunity to use it before they buy it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I, I, that's one thing that's this culture we live in. You know, folks... Um, so often now we buy things online, you know, you have to trusting reviews and bet photographs and, and, you know, video reviews, which are always helpful. I, I like that. But at the same time, I still that just tactile senses. I, I want to touch things. I want to know how it feels. And I have my I have a YouTube channel that I started recently. Oh, really? But, um, even with you, YouTube's wonderful. I've learned all kind of things from YouTube, partly out of necessity. Yeah. But you don't get feedback from that. So that's where the classroom is. Yeah. You know, you can ask the instructor questions. I can help you try and solve a problem. Why did the paint do this? Or what if I did this? Or let's let's go ahead and try that mold instead. It doesn't have to be exactly like mine. And I believe that paint can really be therapy for people. And and I've seen it be therapy for people. Have you? Yeah. Has it been like that for you? Oh, it totally is, without a doubt. Um, I've had a couple of... I've had two pieces of art that absolutely had to come out of me. Really? Yeah. Wow. And those were after after my husband passed away and trying to deal with my grief. And, yeah. Uh, I They really... They helped me to move forward. The art, doing the the, the doing or the or the art itself, the like doing the, the, the art. Doing the art. Yeah, the first one was this. Just I, I just had a blank canvas, a really large blank canvas, and and just had this overwhelming feeling to like put my hands in this really thick red paint, smear it all over the canvas, mm. and uh, then I had this metallic blue. Mm-hmm. that I took and I, I kind of blended it in in certain places so I stepped back from it and realized that it's really my sea of anger you were angry I was so angry and uh, the blue was just the glimmers of hope oh wow there were still some glimmers of hope I could see where I'm, I'm going to make it out of this anger yeah. at some point now that's the first piece that's the first piece and it really that was something clicked something changed something advanced at that point. And if I get too personal, just... You can get too personal okay. with me. Go well, ahead. I mean, I've just got a lot of questions about that. So how long does before you start painting, do you live in this state? I mean, grief grief is ongoing, I find. It's it's not a straight line, that's no, for sure. No, for sure. It's like, honestly, it's kind of ironic, this thunderstorm, because that's how I've explained it. You know, you can be have a clear blue sky and be fine, and then something stimulates the grief, and then it can be raining on your heart out of nowhere, and you can't explain why it hit you. Absolutely. You know, and it's that way, you know, bring an I, umbrella. Yeah, it's, you know? it's waves to me. It comes in waves. Yeah. And uh, I had 
really bad episode last week, and mm. it involved a lawnmower. And I'm happy, I know it. Look, as much as I enjoy talking on Find the Good News about making a change, I'd be less than honest if I didn't admit that change is hard sometimes. I should get more quiet time. I should exercise more, walk more, sleep more. And the one thing that I know I should do without a doubt is eat better, healthier, and fresher. But there's a wide berth between knowing something and actually doing something about it. I love to cook, but just like those other should do's, I don't always make the time. This is where I have to tell you about Fresh Fuel because it takes procrastination out of my way. Fresh Fuel is a fresh take on getting healthy, wholesome, and satisfying foods in your life as a kickstarter to critical change that lasts. When you sign up for a Fresh Fuel program at thefreshfuel.com, you'll find tiers for your specific level of can't get up and go. I know I found mine. My friend and founder of Fresh Fuel, Megan Abraham, wants to do one thing and one thing only. She wants you and your family to eat healthier, delicious, home-cooked meals. That's it. With Fresh Fuel, Megan has taken all of the I can't do it out of putting better meals in front of the people you care about. And she's quick to remind that one of those people should include you. Go to thefreshfuel.com and choose the program that's right for you. Megan provides you with the recipes, supply lists, links, videos, goals, and very important here, access to the Fresh Fuel Facebook group where you can connect with other fresh fuelers, real people just like you and me making the same journey. What I love most about meal prepping with Fresh Fuel is that you don't have to do it alone. Megan is right there with you every step of the way making the same changes you are. Fresh Fuel isn't a diet. It's a life change for those of us that just have trouble changing. Since I signed up for Fresh Fuel, I'm cooking more, eating better, and honestly, I'm feeling better too. I believe in Fresh Fuel so much that I asked Megan to offer Find the Good News listeners a chance to try it out at a discount. Just go to thefreshfuel.com, select one of Megan's signature programs, Fresh Fuel 28, the 28 Plus, or the 28 Pro Plan, and then enter the code GOODNEWS to get 10% off your program. That's 10% off a Fresh Fuel signature program by visiting thefreshfuel.com and entering the code GOODNEWS. Fresh Fuel has been good news in my life, and I'm betting that thefreshfuel.com will be good news for you too. Yeah, just well, why? The, I mean, if you don't mind telling me that. No, I don't mind. Time. I think I think I should back up just a little bit because I don't think the listener. No, no, I, know. Didn't, I won't and let you guide that. I don't want to. No, that's fine. Um, my husband uh, died almost seven years ago, and um, by suicide, uh, he was a Iraq War veteran. Uh, he served uh, one tour, and uh, he went in two thousand four. Wonderful, easygoing guy absolutely the perfect man for me by no means was he perfect <laughs> but he was definitely perfect for me i'm a a lot to put up with <laughs> um and i really like to be alone uh and i i need it like air uh. it's not just a you know, some people say, oh, I like to be alone. No, I physically need it. So I thought this was great. This guy's in the National Guard. I get one week in a month, two weekends a year, <laughs> two weeks a year where I'm alone. Uh, and I didn't get married till I was 31. Oh, uh, wow. That was intentional. I was going to yeah. do it once and one time only. Uh, so I wanted to absolutely pick the right guy. Yeah. And I uh, went to a wedding. 
Uh-huh. My friend married a girl from Hicks. I think I said that earlier. Yeah. So uh, that's how I ended up there. But so my wonderful, easygoing guy goes off to war and uh, comes back a completely different man. Really? Yeah. It was noticeable, like almost immediately. Almost immediately, it was noticeable. Actually, when he came home, uh, Rita had just hit. He uh, mm. stayed behind for his unit was from New Orleans. Okay. Out in New Orleans, so they had just had um, Katrina. So those guys came home to nothing. And then uh, my husband stays behind to help with some other stuff. So he comes home later than that crew. And he came home the very day that they let us. Well, he came home the night before they let us into Cameron. Oh, really? Yeah. So he didn't get his welcome home party. He so didn't you get. Were, oh, wow. We so Cameron were, was just. Oh, it was devastating. Yeah. My, my mother didn't have a home. My father's home was moved completely my sister's home was gone my brother had a camper that he was living in and disappeared my other brother's business was gone it was you know and then extended family and friends and then every single landmark you grew up with gone gone and that was our word for that day gone mom would say where's so-and-so's house gone you know we're driving to go see hmm. we knew her house was gone because we had already we were able to look at some aerial photos, and, and we followed the... They lived right in front of a water tower. Mm. So we were able to locate the water tower was still there, and the brick home was gone. It's interesting. I don't know. I'm just drawing a parallel to what you're describing, and, and what you described is what happened with your husband. It's like a vanishing. I think, and in, in we look around, and, and I'm friends with Tom down at the museum, and we were looking at some old photos, and don't let me say, I don't want to say no. too far, but it's relative to what you're saying, and we were looking That's at... That's the podcast I'm on, by the way. I forgot. That's the one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, he, he was showing me an old photos of this building they're trying to identify, and, and it was really interesting. I mean, I was like, wow, he, he's done a lot of sleuthing, and uh, I'm trying to help him do some digital rebuilding with some of the old photos and I, I thought I said you know it's funny how as we watch things gradual most of the time we watch things gradually change Absolutely. you know and we and we can kind of forget what was there but did you have time to adjust and time for it to sink into your memory banks and and get comfortable um, you know it's it becomes lukewarm it's it's easy but with Rita and Katrina, and then in what you're describing, and then what you said happened with your husband. It's like one day it's this way, and then and for you, he was he was one yeah. man for before. Me, for me, it was and, it was completely different for him. I'm sure it was gradual right. for that year that he was there because yeah. he was in Iraq for. Well, it's a not year. like he knows that it's changing, right? I don't think he. I think he realized along the way that it changed without really? a doubt. And uh, but when he first came home, it was bad. It was when he first got home, he had to be in hero mode again. So that was fine. Let's go down to Cameron. We got to clean up. Right. We got to help my family get plumbing. <laughs> um, you know, we bought an RV from my mom and my stepdad to, to live in. And there were things that we had to do. But when he wasn't in that mode and we're driving down the interstate and there's a stalled car on the side of the road and he has to get absolutely as far away from it as possible because it could have an IED in it. Mm. Mm. And, well, we're not in Iraq anymore. Most of the vehicles on the side of the road are probably not going to have an IED in it. Right. But that is not what he saw. Gotcha. He saw every single stalled vehicle, every piece of debris, 
every that was all potential death mm. um and then his road rage was enhanced oh like it was just... terrible it was absolutely awful and uh he did chase down someone one time whenever i was in the car and that's when i finally like okay you gotta do something you knew it was this is this is not this is not you derek this is not you don't behave like this you know i would fly off the handle sometimes <laughs> right. and do stupid stuff but <laughs> i'm not chasing somebody down but anyway initially he goes to the va he gets some help and it's fantastic gets, what kind of help he gets on some medication okay for some depression and uh he gets a fantastic counselor she was wonderful and things are going really well and then we did end up moving his job went from um, a government position to a contracted position or something and so he was going to have to transfer to somewhere else we figured that would be pineville Uh, but i had a brother that was living in carlos i was looking on the internet one day at houses just around Mm -hmm. he came home early and said where is that one and i (laughs) said well that's in carlos he said well i want to go see it i'm like thinking yeah sure like we're going to move back that way i don't believe we will but it was easier for him to get a job at the National Guard Armory in Lake Charles than it was to get on at Pineville where everybody else wanted to go. Oh, I see. So uh, we fell in love with the house and bought the house and moved down here. So, But because of that, it was much harder for him to see his counselor. That was Oh, because it was no longer... In Alexandria, right. Pineville area. So, um, and the, you know, the VA needs... They need a lot of improvement. Um, What they want to do is is good, but uh, they need to work on some other things. They're they're just uh, everything is push a med. Something's wrong with you. Here, take this medication. Yeah. Um, I watched it happen multiple times with him with his psychiatrist, which uh, they put him on antipsychotics. He was not antipsychotic. He ended up filing for divorce while he was on antipsychotics. That led to all of everything else that happened. But um, he had some other physical health problems, too. He had some back problems. He had had two back surgeries. Ended up, um, he chose to have uh, bypass surgery to lose some weight. And he did that. And then he had to have his gallbladder out. And he severed his ACL. And... He ended up messing up his shoulder. The man had a surgery every year we were married. He just really? kind of started to fall apart. And how long a time period are we talking about? Uh, we were married for nine years. Nine years. We so dated for two years before that. So year yeah. after year, there was some. There was always something. We always had some tragedy or injury or something mm. uh, happening. And he wasn't so. he wasn't doing it to himself. It was just he happening. Really, he was, really wasn't doing it to himself. I mean, I, I don't know that seems sometimes, silly, but sometimes people... You people say that about people. They'll go, oh, they bring all this upon themselves. But these sound like... Well, and I wondered. I mean, I have to say, you know, sometimes I wondered. Um, and I come from... Derek and I came from very different families when it came to um, medication. Mm. Um, I came from the family where uh, you better have a headache for three days before you take an aspirin. Because mm. you need to give that up to God. You give that up to Jesus because he 
was on the cross. And, and yeah. now and I understand where your feelings come from. About, okay. <laughs> right. So it's, see, it's pretty, you. you know, so I'm this extreme and then he's, and then he comes from the family where you probably should take a Percocet for a hangnail. Uh, you know? Wow. Yeah. Those <laughs> so, are two big. So, wow. That's an interesting mix. Yeah. 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 So it was an interesting mix. So we had, we had some conflicts on that and, uh, and he was very much into the doctor said, I'm supposed to take this, which most people are. Mm. They listen to their doctors blindly. Yeah. No, and, uh, you're right. That's true. You know, we do. We we all do that. Blindly listen to our doctors. And the truth is, they don't really know. <laughs> sure. Um, they don't. Oftentimes, they're experimenting, too. Um, but so the VA, the VA needs to work on some reintegration stuff, and they need to work on doing some things that are non-medication related. But they really, they failed Derek in the long run. Um they gave him some disability, which was great. He definitely needed that, and, and that was wonderful. But uh, the counselor that he ended up seeing uh, was quite ineffective, and that's the nicest way I can say that. What do you um, mean? I mean, I, I, on the surface, I know what you mean, but... She just, uh, in, in a very Louisiana way, she tatted him too much. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I experienced that not for myself, but with other people. I, I like you want to go. You got to be more aggressive with this person and get in there because there's stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, you got to. You, you can't just just. Are tell you doing them, good? Well, that's good. Everything's yeah, okay. Well, everything, that's good. Yeah. And how's this? Yeah, I get you. There was just a lot. I I went to a session and uh, and I will admit that that I did not handle that well, um, because. You know, at that point, I think we're like six years into this PTSD, and and I've dealt with my own depression. Let me, I should state that up front. I've uh, dealt with depression since I was a teenager myself, um, off and on. Been on medication myself because I do believe that there are times when you absolutely need it. But you have to look for other resources as well. You cannot just depend on medication. You cannot depend on just counseling to make you better. You really have to continue to work and find what works for you. Um, that may be counseling. That may be a medication, but it may be a combination of those things. It may be exercise. It may be changing your diet. It may be trying some paint therapy or <laughs> yoga or meditation or, you know, there there are so many other possibilities. Um Anyway, uh, eventually, it was just too many medication changes, and uh, he was in a really bad mental health place. He was going to be medically retired from his job. Um, He had, like I said, he filed for divorce once, and then within a year, he filed for divorce again. And um, at that point, Things were really tough. Um, I was devastated. Uh, divorce was never a word that was ever supposed to come up in our household. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, I waited forever to find this this person, and I wasn't ever going to get divorced. And so it wasn't an option for me. But after he filed the second time, he started seeing other people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so y'all were like separate, living separately. We were like, not. We were still living in the same house. Oh wow. Okay, that's hard. And, uh, that's... Well, he had moved it. He had moved into the camper for a little while off site, and then he moved back to the house, in the yard, in the camper. And we were supposed to be 
getting me another house. Mm. That house deal fell through. Um, I had had one other love in my life, and I knew that he was still interested. And my house deal falls through. I'm in a bad place. My husband's off somewhere else that weekend. And so, of course, you know, darn online, let me... Let me send out a friend request. Yeah. And I did, and I got a pretty immediate response, and this person was very available and still wanted to... Have uh, a relationship. Yeah, they wanted to reconnect immediately, Um, which I did, and I really was not ready for. Uh, And then that caused all kind of problems. I can see, yeah. This is like it's it's sort of spinning out of control at this point, right? I mean, there's all these... Thing, one thing was compounding on top of another yeah. thing. And, so, uh, and I don't know how linear my story is here. but uh, I'm following you. Anyway, I mean. Derek had made uh, two what I called suicidal gestures while I was in the house. Um, at this point in my life now, I would probably call them attempts. Really? But um, I stopped him from those two. But I had my own family and his friends that were telling me that you know he's acting very irrationally you don't know what he's going to do and i never thought derek would ever kill himself uh he was always i always thought it was for attention i thought like he was like a cry out like you can't like, you see i'm hurting feel sorry you, for yeah. me mm-hmm. you know he he had that personality in a lot of ways um you know let me let me tell you about my illnesses and my physical health problems and you know that, and then when I started seeing this other person, all of a sudden, he wanted to reconcile immediately, and I'm all for that. I want to reconcile with my husband, but the first time around, there were three things that he was supposed to do, that he promised he would do, and he didn't do them. So for me to go back the second time, it was going to be you know what three things you need to do, mm. you do them, and I am back here in a split second. Uh, so this, the second time that he made his suicidal gesture, um, I got him home and um, put him to bed, and I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because this was not—I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I really and truly—he had some military friends who were concerned about murder-suicide, and— um, I thought that was completely like. Well, yeah, you only you know. hear about those things. Right. You don't ever think that's going to be your reality. That's not really going to happen. Right. Uh, so anyway, I moved out, and uh, less than forty days later, he killed himself. Um. And we'll just say I was a basket case. Why? Well, I mean, uh, the rain of just different thoughts and emotions that are going to pour and down guilt on you. guilt and all of that. So much guilt. And if I hadn't left, yeah. and if I hadn't reconnected with this other person, and if I I had three miscarriages in a year, and if we could have just had children, and... Yeah, so you're blaming, so, you're taking oh, all of his, all, you're putting that all on yourself. All on myself. And then there were, because Derek had filed for divorce, there were some family issues, so... Uh, his father, in particular, uh, was not fond of me, and, and uh, Derek had a very large life insurance policy that he left to his parents, who were divorced, so one got half, the other got the other half, and Dad wanted to take my house and sued me for funeral expenses, and it was just, it was a big, 
Ugly. Ugly mess. Because people get crazy when it comes to money. Mm, they do. They and, do. And they were hurting. And they didn't know how to handle their grief either. Yeah. No, um, no. But I don't know who does. Who really, really does. And it does draw out. Well, we're not taught how to handle our grief. Nobody no. teaches us that. No. And uh, nobody gives us any skills to to cope with that we yeah we I, I believe this and it's just something that is not popular but i think we don't talk about death enough we talk we about don't. death in an unhealthy way enough we talk about violence a lot mm-hmm. talk about pain and hurting people and subduing people and 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 death is definitely prevalent in our world but we don't talk about death in a healthy way i think i, I talk about death more than makes people comfortable right <laughs> and and I probably do too at this point. Um, I get, I understand why because you you've been in that storm, you know. And I had lost people before. I I've I mean my the first death I ever, ever experienced I was in elementary school and it was a childhood friend and I think that same year I lost two other family members and and it's been a series of I've lost people significant to me to death. Mm. Um, I I had a half brother that died and. You know, grandparents that passed away and friends that died suddenly. And, you know, um, so I wasn't immune to it. Yeah. But this was very, this was preventable. You know, this was, this was didn't have to happen. And what role did I play in it? And what could I have done differently? What should I have done differently? What, what, what if, what if, what if? And I spent four years in not dealing with my grief and just being angry and my mother's grief over my husband's death. She adored him. Wow. Couldn't handle her grief. I couldn't handle his mother's grief. I couldn't handle his best friend's grief. I really kind of just had to cut a lot of these people out of my life because it was just too much. I mean, I couldn't. yeah, they're conduits for. I wasn't. I wasn't handling my own, and I couldn't. I couldn't deal with theirs, and uh, I wasn't always a nice person, and I lashed out uh, at people who were close to me that I shouldn't have done that, but uh, I just I wasn't wasn't very good for about four years well and, the, and it sounds like i mean again I, I, i'm about to base it all on what you're telling me but i mean you know when you're going through what you've just described with the the family you know the the extra pain you're not allowed to grieve in a healthy way there's no you know that that's going to leave this scar tissue on top of the, the scars that are already there you know, just adds. And there's so more. much to deal with when someone dies. When yeah. when you're the, when you're the the, you know, I became the, well, I wanted to be, we'll just use the easy word, the executor. Yeah. Of the estate, um, but there's a lot to deal with. Oh and yeah. There's just so much that needs to be done, and there are some people who want you to hurry up and do it. Yeah. And. And it's painful each time. It's painful at every e- time. At each. I know this from when my father passed away and and my mother, my mother, I mean, she's still, I would say, I mean, she listens to the show and I hate that she's going to hear me say it because I I don't want to hide it because it's it's true, but it's like she's haunted, 
you know, and, I, oh. and I'm haunted too, but I'm haunted in a different way. And, and so I remember when dad died going, you know, to the social security's office and then to, you know, um, you got to get death certificates, death so. certificates. And it's like, and, and at each of those, you have to have gotta this change the water bill. Yes. <laughs> and I'll take the name, change the names, change, change the, names. the bank accounts and you have to have the, yep. the, the certificates and it's all this stuff and it's all legalism. And you're not in that mode. Your your grief is just right at the front. It's right behind your eyes. And all it takes is for somebody behind a desk to say anything. And it spills and, out through your eyes and right in front of And ready for that. No. Those people aren't, they're not trained in that. They're there to process paperwork. Yeah. And that's who end up, that's who you're confronting over and over again. So you're just pulling band-aids off constantly. It's not a good experience. I mean, I know anybody that's lost anybody's experienced some version Absolutely. of that. They have. But if you're going through that stuff, and then you've got added factors. And then you have this boyfriend, in quotes, who wants you to get over it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't um, think about that. <laughs> you that's... know? And, and, and Derek did... And some people really don't like the committed suicide thing, and and I understand, I understand. Oh, yeah, their, we talked about that. that. Yeah, yeah, right. trying to change the the the, the context of yeah. it, and and that, and and I have grown to uh, not be so blameful. Mm. Um, but um, he did commit that act in our home, so here I am in this. I'm not living in this house, but I go back and forth because I got to deal with this stuff. And um, I have these two dogs that are like my children, and uh, they're not really welcome where I'm staying. But I have this big house with this big fenced-in backyard, and why am I not staying there? Mm. Because the quote boyfriend doesn't want to be there. I don't want him there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was that was a whole ordeal. To, to work my way. So it took me about a year before I started really cleaning out his stuff. And I and I finally said, you know, I don't think it took me a year to move back in the house. But I just finally, one day I went, what am I doing here? You know, I had a fight with, with this other fella and my dog's being attacked by this neighbor's dog where I'm living. And I one dog's got a tube in her and bleeding all over furniture that's not mine and i'm sitting why am i here yeah why am i i have a perfectly good house over in carlos and i got in the car took the dogs went home and i went home and uh you know it was very uncomfortable the first night because you know you you said haunted and i don't think you meant it literally but um, you know, I'm concerned I'm gonna be haunted. Yeah, right? No, that's. I mean, there's feelings like that. I mean, I, I, and I, I don't, and I might mean it literally, more literal than I think. Like I, I heard a say, somebody say this one time, and they said, you know, that houses aren't haunted, people are. And I thought about that. It just rings around, and I really don't even know if I fully knew what they meant. But it, it is something I've thought about quite a bit, and I, I do. I know what it is. I, I for me, it's that, you know. The people I've lost are real in my memories, you know, and I can close my eye, my eyes and, and go places with them and hear Absolutely. them and spend time with them. And they're, they're a source of joy sometimes and sometimes still a source of grief. Um, and so for me, that's kind of what I mean. Like I carry their ghost inside me. 
you know, all these di- bunches of people I carry their ghosts inside me. And that's also how you remember them. Yeah. That's that's how you keep them alive. Sure, and it's not inside. That's right. Yeah. And and so you have to but there are tangible things that are out there too like right after somebody dies. There are, there are mm. things around. Yeah. And you have to you you have to deal with them mm-hmm. or you don't deal with them. Mm. Um, eventually, you have to deal with them, mm. and and eventually, I got to the point where I was so upset I wasn't haunted. Yeah. Like I'm begging Derek, could you please come tell me you're sorry? Yeah, you know that's really what I want. I yeah. want to hear you whisper it, say it. You know, yeah, say you it. needed some closure. I needed some closure, and and I wasn't getting that, and and I wasn't. I kept searching for something. I was always looking for a way to get better. I never. That's one thing I never stopped doing. I'm always very looking inside myself and and figure myself out and how can I do better at something or yeah very introspective um so I did count I was in counseling when he died I continued counseling for a while and then we kind of hit a roadblock and I was like "Mm, we're not going anywhere here I think I need to take a break from this and from counseling from counseling yeah uh I'm on antidepressants because I definitely needed them um I'm trying to read. I can't read. I can't read anymore since really since my grief. I can't concentrate on it. Is it just your mind what drifts off away from drifts, it? Yes, yeah. it's always going somewhere else. But audiobooks have been my lifesaver. And podcasts. Evidently and podcasts. <laughs> Find the good news podcast. Um, which I am for, for those who don't know, I am starting uh I I actually got tuned into this because you've you've interviewed a few of my friends along you the told, way. You so, told me that, yeah. Um, so I started listening. I would listen to those, and then it was like, well, I think I'll go back and start from the beginning huh. and just see what's so, out there. Just see what's happening because yeah. there's so many interesting people around. So uh, so that's how I did that. But I eventually found um, I just I started getting better. My um, I got rid of the boyfriend after two years. Yeah. Finally, like, and he really ended up being a narcissist. It was just, it was terrible. But uh, and you don't, and yeah, it was probably, it was probably there. It just oh, it was always there. Everything was going on. It was there before Derek died. Yeah. But once Derek died, and the family was like, I didn't know. I felt like I needed this man Mm. because everybody's trying to take away everything I had. Mm -hmm. And well, yeah, you feel like because Derek was going to take care of me. Even after we were divorced, I mean, we had a plan, and mm. he wasn't just going to abandon me, but he abandoned me is what he did. Mm. And um, so I felt like I needed this man for a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him. Uh, it was very uh, not a stable relationship. It was things were very complicated. So I finally got rid of him, and then it was like, okay, to breathe, <sighs> can a, breathe. a moment. I can I can work on myself. I don't have to because he took a lot of you. You had to take care of him too. Then my mother developed dementia, and um, so lucky to have a fantastic sister-in-law who did not have to care for my mother as if she were her own, but she did. So she did most of it, and uh, but I helped her out. And mom always depended on me a lot just for everything so i continued that part of of 
the care and then it got to a point where my sister-in-law needed some relief so then I started taking days and then we ended up at 10 days each sister-in-law would stay at at mom's for 10 days with my brother and, and my stepdad and then mom would come to me for 10 days and so during that time, I'm I'm kind of working on that, and but I'm 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 dealing with you know mom's in a different place, and this is hard. It's hard taking care of somebody who is so independent, and now is so dependent on you for everything. You know, eventually it is literally dependent on you for everything. She turns into a child again, and you have to feed her and bathe her and all of that, but. Mom had the most beautiful passing, surrounded by her family. Really? Yeah. Went very peacefully. And uh, so grateful for that. That is. That's... It was beautiful. Um, and I had, in her several years of dementia, I had an opportunity to adjust to her not being here. So for me, the grief after she passed was nothing like the grief after Derek died. Um, I have handled my mother's passing very, very well. Um, In fact, I I think she's definitely... I don't know how I feel about things in general anymore. But you feel your mother's um, presence like a a comfort. I know know that if there is a heaven, she's there and she's playing poker and bourree and she's fishing. And you feel at peace about it. I feel at like peace that. about it without a doubt. And I and I'm finally at peace about Derek, but that took a long time and that and I need a little bit more help with that. And that's where so I was finally getting to so mom passes and I finally have some time to really okay, now focus on me. And um, I had discovered a group called Mission Twenty Two and uh, it supports uh, military veterans. Okay. Um, who the average is that there are 22 veterans a day who uh, die by suicide. Oh, my gosh. And that's, that's, it's ridiculous. That's a high number. It's a high number. And um, and I'll get back to that other high number here soon. But uh, So I really like the, their platform that uh, they they try a lot of non-medication mm. related things. And, and they'll do art therapy and they'll do yoga. And they really try to help to... Um, alleviate PTSD in a different way than just through straight medication and they offer some counseling and so if there's anybody out there who's a military vet who's considering suicide you're struggling whatever please contact mission 22 Um, they're wonderful Um, and then I found a support group for survivors Um, it's called TAPS it's Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, and it's for family members who have lost a military relative for any reason. Oh. It does not have to be um, combat-related. It doesn't have to be. It could be they died of cancer. It, really? Yes, and there are programs. Is there a limitation, like the time limit? Like if There's they not them? a time limit. Oh. There's not a limit on you can be spouse, you can be parent, you can be child, you can be sibling. Really? It's an amazing program, TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. I hadn't either. Although now that I look back on it, I can see where maybe I did get a little information initially about TAPS, but I kind of ignored it or 
didn't I'm not really good at uh, group therapy kind of thing so I thought, just the oh, environment of it yeah 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 it doesn't doesn't necessarily work for me so uh, but I ended up looking into taps a little deeper till I registered with them about two years ago now yeah and um, they set me up with a person who would check on me really every like a sponsor type like situation. a sponsor kind of thing she would send me emails and call me um every two weeks for three months and then it was every month for three months and just there was somebody and she had lost her husband to suicide and so it was very very helpful and she said that there were other programs that TAPS offered, and I needed to look into those. And there were retreats, and there was national convention, and there was the suicide con- national convention, and there were all these things that I could do and get involved in. And mm, that wasn't quite—I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, that—that that be- for me, I on paper you go, oh, that's cool, but at the same time, I have—I know where for me, I would be like, um. Yeah, it's—I'm not always. And, and I'm very much on, okay, um, let's deal with this problem. Okay, I dealt with this problem, now let's move on. I don't want to go backwards. Um, I believe everybody has crap. I have my own crap. I have my own crap from before I ever got married. Then I got crap from miscarriages and my husband's suicide and you know it's all packaged it we all have it yeah absolutely it's true but i learned a long time ago that you have to make a conscious effort that this is not going to be the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning and it's not going to be the last thing you think about when you go to bed at night yeah that's the only way you move on and it's got to be a conscious choice Mm -hmm. now how you get to that conscious choice i can't exactly tell you that's where you gotta keep looking all along the way you got to dig deep you got to say this works for me this doesn't work for me i gave that a try did i give it a long enough try maybe not maybe i need to go try that again yeah you know whether whatever it is uh so eventually um last october i well before last october there was a taps was offering a, a women's empowerment retreat in sedona arizona was a yoga retreat mm-hmm. for five or seven days. I forget wow. what it was. It was, and I always wanted to go to a yoga retreat. Were you already doing yoga? Just a little bit, dabbled here and there. I've taken uh, beginner classes like twice. Yeah. Uh, I loved it, but I would never make the time for it, or I thought, oh, I can't afford it. Uh, it's, you know, i not real good at making those things a priority for me. I understand. Um, I do. So self-care has not always been a priority, but in the last couple of years, it's become a priority. Um, And it's been my saving grace. Really? Yeah. So I decided, you know, and and with this empowerment retreat, they, all I had to do was get there. All I had to pay for was my travel there and my travel home. Everything else would be included. Wow. Exactly. Wow. That's perfect. It's fabulous. Yeah. And I had no idea how I was going to come up with plane fare. But I said, you know what? I'm going to apply. And if I get accepted, I'll figure it out. So I got accepted. I'm at a family member's. And I'm like, so I applied for this thing. 
and I got accepted. And uh, all I got to do is get there. And I decided I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And she goes, don't worry about it. I'm going to buy your ticket with my points. Oh, wow. Had the points already. Had the points already. How wonderful. So wonderful. Such a blessing. Uh, Couldn't have done it without her. So thank you very much. You know who you are. And I adore you. Um, So I got to go to this life-changing retreat with these women I didn't even know I needed. So this was the big, this is the thing. This was the big thing. And I'm a crier. I'm so good. I'm so good at crying. (laughs) Um, Happy, sad. It doesn't matter. I cry for anything. Me too. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So, I go to this retreat and I meet this woman as soon as I'm in the airport waiting on the the, uh, shuttle to take us to uh, the retreat center. And she had lost her son to a uh, military maneuver accident. And we connected immediately. Uh... I got to room with this other girl who had lost her husband to cancer, and uh, she's got a cool kid, and she uh, works in a vet's office and rescues dogs, and I just, I met some really amazing women, but they really, we did a lot of uh, digging into your grief, and and it was based on a past, present, and future thing, so we, Mm -hmm. we dealt with the past for a couple of days, and then we dealt with the present for a couple of days and then we dealt with the future and uh, we did some exercises one which I can remember we were out at this beautiful pond and uh, they asked you to pick up a rock and contemplate something that you've been holding on to Mm. and then you're going to throw the rock Mm -hmm. and uh, I realized that I had I really had been holding on to Derek and I was ready to let him go And I don't mean that in a sense that I want to forget him. And what I realized later, after I threw the rock, was was my anger that I needed to let go of. My anger at him for dying. Whether that was his fault, not his fault, a combination of the two, circumstance, whatever. Because I do believe now it was a perfect storm of so many things that came together in one exact moment. And, and that's why he took his life. But so much healing began at, as soon as I threw that rock. I mean, I really felt it let go. I felt a physical uh, They were kind of giving weight. me permission to let it go, yeah? They gave everybody there gave me permission to let it go. It was okay. I didn't have to explain myself to these women who had lost their husbands to suicide, who had also gone crazy <laughs> before filed for divorce moved out of the house same same scenario it was like i'm not it's not me yeah yeah you felt like it's happening just to you and that you're just you're that you're part and of I the was cause the reason for it yeah. and you know if it, if i had been someone else it would have been different and uh it was just it was amazing now the second part of the throw in the rock thing which was hilarious was um one of the lead counselors threw her rock and it hit me in the head. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I don't need your crap, too. You know, I really, right. I don't want to carry somebody else's stuff around. Thank you what very much. What about that? That's why. So it was hilarious. And 
I'm all about, you know, a good laugh, too. So that, that uh, is, That's kind of funny. It's yeah. like something in a movie, actually. Absolutely. My life has been. let this anger go, and then yeah. whap. Yeah. Thanks. I picked up yours. I appreciate yeah, it. You're ready to get rid of yours and whatever. Yeah. So, um, and so we continued to work on things there at that retreat, and it was just... And, and they let me in on some benefits I didn't know I was entitled to. Oh. And uh, that was a big thing. So, like, if I... If I want to go back and get my master's, I think I'll be able to do that. Oh, good. So, good. Um, but I'm, I don't want to at this particular moment. But So, TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, is uh, a great organization. I did go to a national convention this past Memorial Day. It was in uh, Virginia. And it was all right. They had a lot of workshops. And, and I think for some people, it's amazing. Um but as I said earlier, I'm kind of like, once I've let that go, I don't want to revisit it. So there were some suicide workshops. There was one I really felt like I needed to go to. And I went and I was like, mm, you're kind of stirring up some stuff I've already dealt with and put behind. Yeah. And makes I, sense. I don't want to go back there. But they're very good at nationals about if anything makes you uncomfortable, you just get up and leave. Don't worry. Somebody's going to check on you just to make sure you're all right. But you don't have to go to anything. You don't have to do anything. But there was a um, grief dream um, um, workshop. Which really? Was, was very interesting. And Sounds interesting. It was very interesting. I had been having a grief dream before I'd gone there, a reoccurring dream where um, uh, this might be this might be a little too personal I don't know if I'm ready okay. to share that one okay. but uh, anyway I had had a, a, something happen right before I went there and uh, I realized in that grief dream workshop that I hadn't had that dream since I had had some resolution to something. It's interesting. It was so interesting. I can actually relate to that. I, I don't talk about this openly. There are people who know. I mean, I talk about it, but I mean, and, and I maybe haven't talked about it on the pod, but when dad uh, died for a long time afterwards, especially the first year or two, I had, and I, they weren't dreams. I mean, I don't call them dreams because I wasn't awake. I wasn't asleep, but I had just some some visions that's mm -hmm. the only way i can describe it i mean i had some dreams but these visions of him at were and i think when you say vision the minute you say I know that people think you're nuts. people immediately go mm -hmm. what are you talking about mm -hmm. so i mean Let the best way i can describe a vision is a moment of time when you're awake where you just sort of lose time and you know you're you're there but you're seeing something it's not like a hologram mm -hmm. it's something coming from in your mind but it's very real like it's happening mm -hmm. and it's almost surreal too because for me there was high um high level symbols within these things that's the only way I could put it. And they were worth analyzing. It wasn't like, well, that was weird, and then walk away. It was like, right. there's something in this. I need to look at this really hard. Why, why, why did I see this? Why did I see this? Why is Daddy with this person? Why does he look the way he looks? Mm -hmm. Why is this person there, and do they look the way they look? Why is this door there? Um, why does the light look like that? Why, you know, there's all these little details of it that you go, it's not just like a kooky dream. Right. And that's why I call it a vision. You say vision, people immediately 
can prescribe whatever they want to that. And I just have got to the point where I just go, I don't care. That's what they were. And they helped me and they still help me because right. I some, now I can go back on them and look at them still as if they're in a book and go, Oh, I can even, especially when the grief comes. Yeah. And, and it I does. Go, oh, come. It does come. It does come. And it's not, it is not a straight line. This has not been a straight line from, okay. I decided to, because there was one day where it was like, okay, this is enough of this sadness. Something's got to change. Yeah. But it's not a straight line from there to joy. Right. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm helpless. Do you ever hear a good song on the radio that just moves you? Maybe it stirs your heart, but then it starts to move your body too. Do people around you say things like, you've got rhythm, or where do you get your energy? Well, I've got a secret for you that might be your dance coming out and the whistle stop dance sport might be just the job your dance is looking for i know your first thought but i don't have any dance experience that's one of the good things about this opportunity you don't need years of dance experience to do it what whistle stop dance sport is searching for is a multi-dimensional talent what does that mean okay i'll tell you you see dance goes far beyond formal training though that is a plus being able to dance means you can take life by the hand and let it put one arm around your waist and move to the rhythms that flow your way. To be a dance instructor at Whistle Stop Dance Sport, you'd need to have experience working with children, good rhythm, positive energy, and a personality for people. Dance Sport works to enrich children's lives by offering social, emotional, behavioral, and cognitive skills that naturally build confidence. Through dance, these children develop self-esteem, express themselves creatively, and strengthen critical thinking skills. Does the thought of affecting young lives in a positive way stimulate your mind, your heart? Do you want to do something that matters? Something that could really change the course of a young person's life? Then maybe that's why you heard about this dance instructor position with Whistle Stop Dance Sport. You can send your resume or letter to Whistle Stop Dance Sport. 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. That's 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. Training dates for this position start in July 2019. So if you feel you may be right, don't wait to send in your resume. If you'd like to hear more about this position, call Whistle Stop Dance Sport at 337-515-515. 7577. That's 337-515-7577. And if you do call, do me a favor and let them know you heard about this on Find the Good News. But I have finally gotten to joyful moments again. Yeah. And uh, I'm thrilled about that. And I, I want people to know that even when you're in that devastated grief um, and that, that guilt-ridden stuff where you, you wonder what you should have done different or mm. what you could have done different or I'll never be happy again, mm. you can be and you should be. Mm-hmm. And life is short and the only thing that we're guaranteed is today. Mm. Live in the now as much as you possibly can and that's not to say forget your loved one because i will never forget derek i won't i won't forget so many people i've lost yeah uh but i just i can't there's so much more life left to live absolutely and uh 
and I'm going to live it. I'm going to find a way to live it, and I'm going to grasp it, and I'm not going to... I'm going to pursue my art, which was another thing that I got out of that retreat, um, which really empowered me to finally get rid of the medical transcription job. Okay, so the painting that you made, the blue and red painting, mm -hmm. did that come after the retreat? No, that was before oh, the that retreat. that was before the retreat. That was before okay. the retreat. And um, I did make one, another one, and I think this one happened before the retreat as oh, really? well. Um, I think it was before. I don't think it was after. And it's it's a it was really a repainting. I'd had this floor de lis that wouldn't sell. And... Um, I just kind of took it. The floor de lis was uh, Derek's unit's really uh, symbol. Yeah, uh, the one four one. So um, I just I got started, and I'm I'm really into textures. I like a lot of textured walls and things like that. So I started mm -hmm. with some textures, and then uh, played around with some mixed media. That's really piquing my interest these days. Really. Uh, Throwing, throwing everything at it and seeing See what, what happens. Seeing what happens, and uh, that that brings me some joy. So, kind of threw a lot of stuff at this painting where it was. There are some crystals. There are some plaster pieces that look like clouds. The crystals look like tears. Um, there are some. I had some military stickers from. I was going to do a scrapbooking thing while Derek yeah. was in Iraq. You know, I was going to make a whole scrapbook thing. So I had all these stickers. And uh, so some of that's embedded in there. And then, you know, there are some other things that I made these broken hearts because he broke my heart three times, twice when he filed for divorce and then when he when he died because, yeah. you know, couldn't couldn't put that back together. Yeah. And then there's this um, there's some rhinestones surrounding a cloud mm. because there's always a silver lining. Mm hmm. Sometimes you gotta look really hard yeah, for it. Yeah, that is hard sometimes. But, but sometimes there is, and in in this whole process, like I, I told someone the other day, they they said they said something to me like, uh, their their kid had been sick a lot, and uh, they said, oh, you should be luck, you should be happy you don't have kids. And uh, I said, you know what? Mm. I actually am at the point in life where I am so grateful that I don't have kids, because I'm grateful that. I didn't have to raise kids by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful I didn't have to explain well, they would this be, yeah. to a child. Whereas my poor neighbors had to explain suicide to their children. Right. They shouldn't have had to do that. Right. You know, they're you know, I'm grateful that I get a chance to just pursue my art. So what if I fail at it? Doesn't matter. I don't have to I'm not responsible for another human being. <laughs> right. You know, there I have a lot of freedom and um that allows me to pursue some things that I couldn't. Well, and then you if, if I didn't. And you're able to use your art to pass along, you know, joy and love to other people too. I mean, and even potentially you may not even never know it. You might be helping someone else with their grief through those actions. That's what I'm really hoping for. I really am. I I'd, I'd love to you know, the going back to school would be for art therapy if I chose to do it. It would be getting my master's in art therapy, without yeah. a doubt. But uh, I had a niece the other day who, who uh, I lived in a camp that my that my dad had for 13 years off and on. I lived in that camp, and uh, I used to have my nieces over on weekends a lot, and I'd let them finger paint. Mm -hmm. 
And one of them said the other day, you know, those are some of my happiest moments, my happiest memories ever. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. And I had another lady who sent me a message uh, a couple weeks ago, and she said she was always wanting me to hold her hand when she would paint something. Like, do you think I would have painted this color? You know, a piece of furniture that she picked up or something. Like, do you think I should paint it this color? Should I use this wax on it? Or should I use that one? Or what do you think I should do with it? Yeah. And she sends me this message the other day with this picture of, uh, she goes, okay, so I'm so proud of myself. I did this all by myself and I didn't even ask you. And I used white wax. (laughs) And it was just like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy. She was thrilled. And she says, paint's her therapy. She uses it. That's her self-care. And I adore that. Look how happy you look. I, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm looking at your face, and I know people listening can't see, but it, I'm always fascinated by the expressions that people have. And I think considering the story that you just told, you know, and, and I'm sure somebody listening, because I mean, I'm listening to your story, and it's not word for word, but I understand yeah. the pain. And I think, I think I, anybody can understand the pain. Yeah. Well, that you feel like you're never going to be happy again. Right. You feel like you're never going to laugh again. And you don't deserve it. Or that you don't deserve it. Or that it's just going to be this sorrow constantly. And you will laugh again. You or, will have joy on your face. Are you are you are in some way not honoring your loved one if you're happy again? Right. You know? But right. yeah, I have joy again. Yeah. I do. It's obvious. There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's a great... That... It's interesting, kind of coming full circle. I mean, that's good news. It, it is good news. See, maybe I do deserve to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good news. I mean, because that is a feeling like it's never going to go away. You know, and and, and I, I would almost say, and I don't know for everybody, but for me, I don't have a feeling like I almost want the grief to go away. And I don't mean that as like I want to snuggle up with it in some painful way and always hurt have pain and hurt but i mean i have made a peace with the grief if it makes any sense i think it does i think that's that's kind of where i've finally gotten but i have always been a person who believes that if you don't have the suffering and the sorrow you don't even know that you have happiness yeah you have to have the light with the dark you have to if you don't have if you don't have one you can't have the other it's absolutely and, the truth and that life is all about peaks and valleys mm. and some everybody has their worst thing mm-hmm. my worst thing is not worse than your worst thing it's we each have our own and this is what i said in Derek's therapy one time was when's he going to get over it and he stopped listening he just shut down but he didn't hear the rest of what i had to say and the rest of what i had to say was you know, I've been through my own thing. We all have our worst thing. Everybody's got their worst thing. Mine's not worse than yours. But you have to find a way, like I said, where it's not the first thing you think about when you get up in the morning. It's not the last thing you think about when you go to bed at night. You have to find a way to get through that. Yeah. And and once you do, you can start living again. And But there are always going to be peaks and valleys. This is not. This has not been a straight line. It's not joy every day. So back to the lawnmower thing. Yeah. So the lawnmower thing last week was, um, you know, I spent three hours weed eating. Time to get on the lawnmower. Can't stand the weed eat. I don't mind mowing necessarily. I get on the lawnmower. It doesn't start. I'm like, of course, it doesn't start. Derek was a diesel mechanic. 
Um, so, I and I've had to learn to change some things along the way. And thank you, YouTube. I have learned some things. And so I'm trying to, to fix the lawnmower and, and what I'm doing is not working. And, and then I need to get the lawnmower on the trailer and take it in. It's, mm -hmm. it's at that point. And so I asked someone to help me with it. A man. <laughs> and no that, offense. That face no and offense, that tone. Warren. <laughs> a man. A man. And the man says, Well, did you change that part I told you to change? And I said, Well, actually, uh, I tried to change it, but a wire broke. And that's why I need to take it in. I still don't think it's that part because I changed that part five years ago like three times and I know what it was doing then and I really don't think it's that part and he's insistent that it's that part <laughs> and I'm like well that's fine but I broke the wire and now I need to take it in and so okay I'm gonna hook up the car I'm gonna because we have to drag it it won't start and the hydraulics never release so it's an ordeal to get it on the trailer hook up the car get the chain hooked up and he there he goes again I know I can change if you just let me go get this part I know I can change it I lost it. Really? Went off on him. My anger came back just fuming the horrible curse words that came out of my mouth. <laughs> it was just venom. And the whole point was, I need this lawnmower out of my face. All it does is remind me of Derek. Ah. All it does. I've been dealing with Derek grief for three days because of this lawnmower because I can't fix it. He's not here to fix it. He's supposed to be here to fix it. He bought this damn lawnmower that... We didn't need, it's my dream lawnmower, don't get me wrong, but we don't have four acres to mow anymore. We didn't need this really expensive lawnmower. So every time I look at this lawnmower and it's not running, all I can do is think, he's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't about the lawnmower. It wasn't about the man trying to tell me how to fix something. Thank you, I'm not an idiot. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it was my grief. Yeah. And it snuck back in and then I went off and they tried to fix it and then I see they're loading it on the trailer alone because <laughs> they didn't fix it anyway yeah. so it does it's not a straight line no it isn't grief it and the grief looks I think that's hard to explain to people but you explain that with that story very well it rises up and takes a form and it looks like another thing and in that situation it looked like the lawnmower it looked like the lawnmower it yeah. looked like I was just being a yeah but it's really related. I see that all woman. the time in my family. Uh, I see it. And, and again, I, that's telling too much because it's other people's stuff. But just as an observer, I see that kind of thing happening over and over in the last several years. And it's like, that's not what it looks like. And they're not even aware of it half the time. Yeah, that's not a broken XYZ. That is the grief taking that form. Mm -hmm. That is a, and, and it's strange. I'm a shrine builder. Um, in fact, you could probably look around here and I can point out, look again, in my office, little shrines to people right. and, and people that matter to me. And I build these little weird makeshift sh shrines. I have one of my dad and, um, at home and it's like my little spot, mm -hmm. you know, and that comforts me. I don't, it's not a way for me to go, Oh, woe is me. It's a place where I feel, Oh, this is my, I, I like this. This comforts me. Right. But we, that lawnmower. Is a, is a, in a weird way, it becomes like a little shrine. It enshrines this it's, person. It's a negative shrine. Yeah, it's a negative shrine. It's a negative and, shrine. And we have those things, like little things where we walk around it or we leave it. And yeah. there was a, a person, and I, I don't want to be careful about how I tell the story, but 
many years ago, I had a, I'll call it a client that um, had started something because they had lost somebody. And I remember a story they told me um, where their child, uh, they, they told their child they were packing up all the pictures of the parent that they had lost. Right. And the child could keep one picture. And I remember hearing that story. And I'll be honest, I mean, my heart was just full of judgment. I was like, how could you? That's not your choice to make for that child. Yeah. Maybe the child needs 20 pictures. Right. You only need one because that's for you. A different t- the child and you are grieving differently. And I was judging the person. I, I mean, I'm being honest. I was just had mm-hmm. all this judgment because I was going, I as a that. father, I, I was going, <laughs> I was sitting here going, well, I don't want, you know, that to be what happens if I were gone. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kid to have to go through that. That's just pick not, one picture. Pick one picture. I don't, we can't be thinking about daddy all the time. And I thought, well, I mean, I'm their dad. And I mm-hmm. started having all, I started making it about me. Now, and in retrospect, I guess I'm telling that story is, I still think of that story the same way. I think of that person. I'm going, well, you're you're grieving your way, but now you're wanting your child to grieve the way you're grieving, which that's not good, I learned. But then I also look at myself and go, how am I to I, – I, I judge that person too harshly because I'm applying my way of grieving on them. Right. Where I'm a shrine builder. I've been a shrine builder, and I realized that after I, I hadn't even lost my father yet. But I have been building shrines to other people since I was 20 years old. And I look back on my life, I went, well, of course this would offend my sensibilities. Mm-hmm. I'm a shrine builder. Right. I love little pictures of people yeah. and items I'll, and mementos. I want to keep as many as possible. And, and you know, if I, I love to sit a thing next to another thing and go, oh, that's that person's little spot in my life. I, yeah, of course. But I have to tell <laughs> you, I can't have that all over my house. I can't, not in every room, I can't have it. Because if I look around and I see like, it's, then I'll, I'm, Derek. Yeah, Derek, yeah, yeah. Derek, mom, Derek, mom, mom, Derek. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you know, but there, yeah. are, there are places, there are spots. Yeah. You know, and, and there are pictures out and they're, you know, and got, but I, I can't have it everywhere. I think, I think for me that came, and it may come from my grandmother's house. I've thought about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> Because when I go to her house, and she probably she won't ever listen to this. Nobody knows I do this. But there's a, an old bedroom in the back. And in that room are these old old plastic photo cubes that people used to have. You know what uh-huh. I'm talking about? Yes. Like, they don't make them anymore. Maybe they do. I don't know. But there's some back there. And, and for some reason, in that room, there's all these little knickknacks. And they're my grandfather. He, he passed away when I was in the eighth grade. And so I have, I do have memories of him, but at the same time, I didn't have as many as I would have liked. Right. But I love going back there, and I'll go back there. I'll say I'm going to the bathroom, and I'll go to the restroom, but then I'll sneak off and I'll just go stand in that room for a few minutes. And I've I've done that for years. It brings you comfort. It does. It brings me comfort. I love looking at that room and the way that there's just the knickknacks and little things here and there. From you know, I think I see a picture of my great grandfather, and there's rooms in her house that are like that. And I guess. I spent so much time there as a kid that was just normal to me. It felt good to have those people around and it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like the, I knew they were dead, but it was just a comfort to it. And so, yeah, I guess for me, when I heard that story that day, again, this is years ago, I hadn't thought I didn't take a moment to think it just offended my everything about, I was like, why would you do that to your kid? That's what I thought immediately. I just got all this sort of, I made it all about me. And I think I, I well, tell that we because do we that. do that. We, we make do other that. people's grief and we take it and we filter Absolutely. it through like, 
I've said, I've said this on the show all the time that I just don't think we allow the people to grieve in a healthy way in this society. No, we don't. And we don't. And then we kind of, I hate to say, then we let some people grieve too long. And that's not a thing for me to say. Right. That's, that's, not, that's not up to me to decide how long somebody grieves for. Um, you know, four years to me was... I sh- that was too long, you know. I, I kind of wish somebody would have said, "Okay, Gingy, it's time to go call taps." <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. But even if they had done it, I wouldn't have listened. I I needed that four years, whatever it was. Yeah. I I did need it. There you go. Yeah. So, but I don't. There's just so many things that we can change if we're willing to dig a little bit yeah try step out of our comfort zone like yeah you know one grief it can even be for me i think about think about this a whole lot grief doesn't have to be necessarily that someone even died oh it doesn't you can grieve over a change of circumstance Uh, and i've done that do that all the time like a change and i look at these big moments in life and in a way i've kind of made little i've told somebody one time i made like beads out of them in my mind and they're strung together on a string Mm -hmm. and sometimes i like to go rub that bead do you know yeah and grieve over that Mm -hmm. time if that makes any sense a sorrowful time it's nobody died it's like it's like time why you like to watch a sad movie and cry yeah because sometimes you just gotta let it out yeah absolutely you know sometimes you gotta let it out and well, and, and art can be a part of a part of that. I mean, if you have a painting that you do, and I'm trying to bring it into that because I think I can see a lot of value in that. And, or, and, and I, it doesn't have to be a painting. It could be for you. It could be uh, music. It could be, it could be um, clay. It could be, it could be anything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it's design. Mm-hmm. It's art is anything but it's allowing yourself to have that creative outlet i know people who just like to the adult coloring books Mm -hmm. they get so much peace out of just coloring it you know what to me that's therapy do it if it brings you peace do it we work so i changed my diet (laughs) yeah you mentioned that okay yeah so i changed my diet about two years ago um i went whole food plant-based and I lost 53 pounds. Wow. In eight months or so. Was that hard? Yeah, it was hard. I experimented for about a year beforehand. I would do, uh, kind of based it on a book called Eat to Live. Mm-hmm. And there's a six week program. So I would do six weeks and then I'd kind of fall off the wagon and then I'd do six weeks. And then, you know, I'm going to do it. Mom gets sick and. Yeah. fall off the wagon. Well, it's and then, hard to stick with something and make then it. Then I'm going to do it. My stepdad dies suddenly and fall off the wagon. And You know, food is very much a, well, I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Uh, I I was only, I only drank from 15 to 19. I did it very well. Um, so <laughs> Look at your face I you did it that. so well. It was really not good. Um, so I quit drinking at 19. Um, then, of course, I smoked, you know, let me do that really well, too. Smoked a lot, and uh, food's always been an issue, so have a bit of an addictive personality. Yeah. So I reached a point where it's like, really, I had enough of this food thing being in charge, but that's still, it's still 
rears its ugly head at a time or two anyway. But yeah, so I changed my diet. But in doing that, um, I've always said I dealt with depression and I'd, I'd get on medication and then I'd have drug holidays because um, I don't believe in staying on a medication. I got you. Okay. All the time. I think you need to, to get off and see if you're better. Uh, yeah, no, it makes and, sense. I can, I can see and that. And if you're not, then you get back on. Um, you know, and and you start over. And so, but since I changed my diet, I have been on the longest drug holiday. Really? I have ever had. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. Because I do think that what we put into our systems can totally change. It not only changes our, our physical self, but it, it definitely changes our brain chemistry as well. So you're really, I mean, it just sounds like in the last, I'd say, what, three to four years, you've had some major changes. Like Positive. Transformative mm-hmm. in a good way. Absolutely, I have. And and I hope I can sustain it for a while. Yeah. Um, and it takes work, yeah? It takes work, absolutely. Even, even the whole food plant-based thing. Uh, I have to re-listen to my book every once in a while to get me back on track because we're surrounded by processed food at every point, at yeah, it's... every single point. And preparing, you have to be prepared to eat this way. Um, you have to be prepared to go out to dinner. You have to be prepared to uh, go shopping and, like, I'm, oh, I got to grab some nuts instead of a candy bar, mm-hmm. or um, that Doran Target Monster Trail mix. <laughs> I, I can't have that because it's got M and M's and chocolate chips and peanut butter chips, and I will eat the whole thing. That's candy. It's candy. That's candy. It's got nuts and some raisins yeah. and that in it, but it's really just candy. Yeah. No, but I can't have that. Yeah. So you have to, yeah, you have to prepare yourself along the way, but. Um, I don't know. I, my point was is that you can even change your brain chemistry with what you put into your body. You change. I think you change the way you think with what you listen to. I think you changed the what you know. Audiobooks have been a huge help to me. Uh, lots of them are self help. Some of them are just for fun. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm a believer in self help books. I mean, I I back in the mid '90s, whenever I kind of and I again another word that can get thrown out there and seem strange but i called it like an awakening time and yeah i read a lot of self-help books because i was going through something and i was trying to figure out what you know and i didn't have i wasn't surrounded by mentors and teachers and wonderful people who had tons of knowledge it was just like something's going on and i'm lucky to be honest i feel lucky because at that time period in the mid 90s which again, and, and I think it's interesting. I'm going to say it too because Marion Williamson is running for president. Okay. And Marion Williamson was one of the writers that um, I'd read a lot of her books during that time period. People were making fun of her now, and I was just noticing last night that people are making fun of her because she says things that, like you know, it's love and peace and kindness and right. compassion are going right. to. We need that we in need our that country. To change our world, huh? And so she's saying all those things. And I'm looking at all these horrible comments people make and how much fun they make of her. Like, oh, you don't need to be president. And I was sitting at my kitchen table just this morning, actually, about 4.30. And I was reading some of these nasty things people say about her. And I said, you know, I'm just going to do a little quick check on myself. Like, whose voice out of all these people sounds the most like my inner voice? Let me just do this little test. So I went and watched like a bunch of little videos 
And realistically, it was her voice. I mean, not like her literal voice, no, but the language it. she was using. I said, the well, truth. That's fabulous. The truth is, her language sounds the most like my inner language, my because mind. Because my inner voice is not nice. My inner voice, when I really sit back and think about what I want for people, realistically, sounds more like that. What I really believe in sounds like, do I believe the world is crummy? Sure. And that yeah. people can be assholes yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes do I think somebody you know do I ever get the feeling like I'd love to you know wrestle them down and I set them right sure mm-hmm. but but in at the end of the day I know where those things lead and I thought okay so my inner voice sounds the most like hers well she's the one what I did was I said they're making fun of her I guess I'll have to take some of that too because I believe that same stuff right you know do I believe in the same some of the same thing sure but and I thought back I guess where I'm going is self-help books were such a blessing and she was on that list of people that I her language and her words were comfort to me mm-hmm. what a wonderful thing that is right I right. mean it really is and 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 if we can if we can dig deep enough if we can find a way to help fix ourselves I mean why shouldn't we do that yeah. You know, yeah, right. some of it might be silly. Sometimes you just got to be silly. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Sometimes you'd be surprised at the things that you'll read or listen to that will touch you that sure. you thought wouldn't. Right. I what I found for me is and what I'm seeing still which is crazy and I, I think back on the 20-year-old me quite often because I think about how idealistic I was at that time period because it was a great the time of great discovery. I was mm-hmm. discovering all these ideas and concepts that I really had not been taught. And uh, to learn them, I, I really truly believed that people could be better, that the world could be better, and that we could treat each other better. I really believed that. And so almost 25 years later, I look back at that person and I think, you know, I haven't changed all that much. I still believe those things. I've just now t- have had 25 years to see how, that it isn't a a fast thing right you know we can change and we can transform and look I'm sitting here talking to you is just proof positive of transformation yeah but we can the the more likely way that we're going to transform the world is when we transform ourselves exactly you have to do that you're the thing yeah. you're you got to work thing. on you you are the only thing that you can change you can't change somebody else right you can beg them to do something differently. You can beg them to go get a new counselor. You can beg them to go get a private counselor. Yeah. You know, you can you can beg people to do all kinds of things. You can you can flat out tell them, "Hey, you're doing that wrong." Yeah. This is not how you're supposed to be doing it. Nobody's going to nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. And nobody's going to change until they want to because whatever it is that motivates them to do it. No one could have gotten me out of my grief. Except me. Yeah. I finally had to get fed up with it, and I did get fed up with it. It's interesting because we're talking about suicide and grief today, but it's kind of a similar approach. Like, even in one of the other podcasts when we were talking about suicide, when, you, when you're when you talking to the person who's suicidal, there's always this feeling like there's something I've got to do. I've got to do this for them and change that for them, and I've got to do, do, do. And it's exactly what you're saying. There's really, and I've been through it. I didn't lose somebody, but it was a close call. Yes. Right? And so it's similar. Right. I, I feel blessed that I didn't. Right. But, I, but it was the same scenario. And you start to go through all those same things. I should have, I should have, I should have, I could have, I would have. And now I know 
There was nothing I could have changed. Right. It doesn't matter. And then it's the same thing with the person who loses somebody. It's the same approach. There's nothing anybody can do for me to take my grief away, to heal it, to stop me crying for my grief. This rainstorm outside just got me thinking about it. Just crazy because that's what I always think of it. It's like it just showed up. Just showed up. And I'm going to get wet for a minute. Right. But that's the thing, Orin, too. If we don't, which is what I, I did for four years, I stuffed it. I didn't want to feel it. It would come up uh, and I would like go, a box. I would go, I, I don't have time for this. You know, I, mm. I got a house to pay for. I got an estate to settle. I got yeah, mom to take care of. I, I got it. I got work to do. I, I don't have time to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you sound I like a it. lot of people I, I used it. to go to church with. Well, right. They would and say that don't, you did wave your hand. You can't think about all that. Yeah. You don't just worry can't. about all that other stuff. But you know what? <laughs> the only time you get to move past it is once you actually let it all in, feel every ounce of that hurt, mm. let it in, and then it will pass. Just like with the lawnmower the other day, and I got mad at the person who was there. Wasn't really mad at them necessarily, although they didn't help the situation. But <laughs> I go, get in the pool, and cry. Got in the bathtub, cried. Yeah. Let it out, I was better. But... I now know that I have to feel it. Mm. I can't stuff it. Grief sucks. Mm-hmm. It just, when somebody dies, it sucks. And in fact, that's what I tell people now. I don't go, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm going, this sucks. Yeah. You know, because right. it does. And some you, people. And that's better to me. I would well, rather some, somebody go. Some people take it okay. And some people kind of look at you like, what? Yeah. Did you? And I'm, you know, I mean, I had a friend recently who lost a, a, a someone to suicide and it was just like and all i could say was this sucks yeah it just so and it's gonna suck for a while mm-hmm. um but and i don't know how long that while is right that's that's up to you yeah um but if you don't feel it that if you don't feel it you're not going to heal it thing yeah no i mean and it, i know it sounds like a cliche but it's not i yeah. mean it's the truth I, I i totally believe that i mean it, you'll know when you can't take anymore how much you can take and how long you can stay that's just how i feel about it I mean, for me when i enter those moments of grief and they're they're shorter now but when i i mean I, I i talk about this a lot on the show i took it take a retreat every year and then my son was asking me what I do. He's like, well, what do you do on this retreat? Cause I don't go with anybody. I make my own retreat basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I even hate calling it a retreat. It's just, it's a special weekend. I, I, I like a retreat. I, I guess I don't call it a retreat, I guess, because I'm not really retreating from anything. It's mm-hmm. I'm actually really purposely restimulating even grief mm-hmm. on this time. And, mm-hmm. and so he was asking me about that and he's like, so what do you do? And I was telling him about it. And I said, well, there's songs actually that I bring and I, I play only on this weekend. And I play them on certain days in certain locations, and I've been doing that for twenty something years. And and he's like, well, and so it makes you sad. I said, yeah, on purpose. Yeah, I want, I go to enter it because. Well, that probably helps it not to come up. It does. All it the makes time. it because when it does come up, it's a comfort. It's a strange way to say it that the grief is a comfort, but mm-hmm. it's it's a comfort. I'm I'm comforted by it because uh, it's healed. It's a it's a good type of grief i don't even know how to explain that but it's 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 purposeful it has value the grief is not just 
grief for the sake of grief. It has right. actually has a value to it and it's a good value because I can take it and I call it like the energy of the grief and go, now I can direct it and use it as sort of like a fuel for something. And and that seems to be what's happened every, every year. It's, it's a good exercise to allow it to, I almost bring it home with me from, from there and go, okay. So it's really like, I'm actually on the other, right on the other end of that. And, this month it was just a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. and yeah, i can still feel the positivity the of positivity it? of it yeah i mean it still affects the day-to-day and it may not <laughs> i always do this every year i start to go whoo man i'm ready for, i can't wait to get back to august because i can start to feel the energy of it waning and the the you know <laughs> now i will say that there are, i'm i'm amazed at my body knows mm. dates yeah and I'm like, that's interesting. My body yeah. should not know dates. <laughs> I know what you mean, but I it do. does. And yeah. you know, I'm gonna be approaching the uh, our wedding anniversary and and the anniversary of Derek's death, mm-hmm. which was two weeks after our anniversary. You know, and it's like I'm, it's gonna be coming up. But his birthday was in at the end of July. July first. I'm telling you, July first, my body just starts like I can you feel can the feel anxiety. It. I can feel it, and I knew exactly what it was this year. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why does my body know? But it does. But I got. I knew that. I knew that's what it was. I I let it in. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to feel this way. There are going to be days I'm going to hide from people because it's best for the people <laughs> if I hide. <laughs> um, and that I'm so you had the um the doctor on from McNeese yeah. for uh Kevin Yonis. Yeah, for the uh out of the darkness walk. Yeah. And uh I had already decided I was gonna do that. Yeah. So this is really this is the year that I am trying to honor Derek and not it's not just about the sadness. Yeah. He died one day. But he lived for 38 years. Yeah. And there were so many wonderful moments in his 38 years. Mm-hmm. And I am sick of just remembering the day he died. Yeah. So I need to find a way to c- celebrate somehow. And so I am going to do the Out of the Darkness walk. And, and I'm going to do it in his honor. And um, But it's not going to be a big sad thing. We have to make it. We have to make it a bit of a joyful event. We get to come together because of him. Yeah. I get to see people that I only get to see online. Yeah. Because no, of makes him. Sense. They're going to yeah. come walk with me. So if anybody wants to come walk with me and see me in person, please come. Yeah. Well, I'll be um, there too. We're going to walk too. My wife and I were talking about it today, and, and I'm hoping some other people who listen to the show will show up too. Because, I mean,. Those types of things, I mean, this whole thing, this whole little Find the Good News project is born out of those very things. These types of conversations that we're having, you know, is that I truly believe that having these types of conversations heal heal us, make us stronger. And then they also heal people that are out there listening, too. I they mean, let people know that they're not alone. Yeah. And there are people listening. I, I am amazed. And I'm not saying this in a, a braggadocious way. Every week as the show comes out, I go look to see, you know, where are people listening? And there are people in other countries that are, and the numbers are starting to grow. And I'm like, wow, there's people across the world that just tune in week after week and they hear these stories. And we're just sitting here sharing whatever we're sharing. And, and there's, and you get messages from people and they say, 
I'm so glad that such and such talked about this. It really helped me. And you don't know what that even means. You don't want you don't pry. Right. But it's just somebody in another country. Well, I I did a little uh, I do a recommendation Wednesday thing on yeah. my uh, business page, and I recommended your podcast, and I I think that's kind of what led to yeah to me. Well, you've really shown you out. When somebody does that, I'm like, oh, somebody yeah. said something so nice. and Because I do. I really enjoy it. It's so nice to, to listen to. There are some really interesting people in town doing some really interesting things. I mean, come on. There are people who build houses for other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there are some amazing artists around. Yeah. There are... There I are... love the stories that people tell. I mean, I'm... I, I almost... It may seem silly to other people, but when I listen to you, and, and I'm probably just my, I have a big imagination, and I, I begin to sort of paint pictures in my head as, as y'all tell these stories, and uh, they become sort of mythological in their own way. You know, it's even like, I don't know if you've listened to Rex Alexander, Mm-mm. but, you know, he tells a story about how he got into pottery, and there was just these little details and for me i was like wow this whole scene just opened up when he started talking and and i almost felt like he kind of moved right through it and i was like wow my mind i was like i want to i even named the episode after the scene that he described and i was like this is so mythical and and maybe he doesn't see it that way that's probably that's just how you think yeah it's it's beautiful you know (laughs) you think visually don't you i do yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i I tend to and mike brignac who was on you know he talked a lot about using your imagination and i i I resonated with a lot of what he talked about because i'm a visualizer Mm -hmm. scenes and i think in almost like movies right like you, it, you see it tactile kind of mm-hmm. spaces and yeah even something I, I mentioned earlier i don't want to make the show about me but the shrine yeah. building and the, that that type of behavior I, I do that in my mind a lot to build little places where i can go you know and it's an a, escape you escape maybe there? not an escape i mean like i was even this morning i was like man i do this all the time it's where we're talking about it because um like little temples almost like and they all are little different for different purposes different things it's just an interesting little practice like architecture and art and well what are those little uh, stacked rock things called uh like a cairn like they make yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i bet you do a lot of those when you go places huh? it's kind of like that i leave things take things and it's mm-hmm. like i have places i go where it's and it's interesting you know you go places go oh, i leave something i take something kind of a and it's a, a neat little practice, you know, to see what's left behind the next time you go back. You know, it's a little game you're playing with somebody you don't know. I love the little hidden rocks. Yeah. You know, with the words on it. I uh, know. I love when somebody does that. I found one I have at my house. Uh, it was a ladybug somebody painted. And I was awesome. like, oh, we have a ladybug thing at our house. And uh, yeah, I mean, that to me, I don't know. It's just the textures of life, you know. I do like textures. Yeah. Well, you do. I mean, your work is incredible. I was, again, I was going in there because, you know, I was trying to figure out how to say your name. Right. <laughs> my goofy name. And that is my full name, people. Gingy. Gingy. Oh, I was saying it, it right. Yeah. But it was a conversation. And it was so funny. And this wasn't on the podcast, but I do want to mention it. I was on your uh, your business page. And now, you can video. you say can you say my business okay, name it's correctly? Lo- okay. It's Louisiana. Louise. Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, but it's like three words, it's right? It's three words. Louise, yeah. the letter E, Anna. Anna. Creations. Yes. And then I had to add by Gingy because people kept calling me Louise. Oh, they thought you were Louise. Yeah, I and I'm like, well, me. my grandmother's name was Louise. Mom called me Elizabeth for absolutely no reason because that's none of my names. And Anna was the reason why I met my husband. Oh, wow. But it is Louise E. e. 
Anna, Anna Creations. Creations. Okay. Well, I was on your page, and you know, you had the video, and I was like, well, I'm just going to at least watch the video, and, and so I can get a feel for who you are. The first thing you say is, I'm Gingy, and that's my name, like Benji, and you did the whole thing. I said, well, that's the perfect And I have to do that video. more often, because I never, I, I never, I do, I do some live videos, and I don't say my name. And I realize, oh, I need to start, people, not everybody knows who I am, and yeah. I don't want to be a, um, internet sensation do you have I a website or do, i don't do i did have a website page? yeah i had a website but it just um it's much easier to just go in and update the page the people are already on when there. i'm trying i'm trying instagram which i'm not very good at so we use it but i don't i don't get as much traction out of it yeah for I, this we i don't i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing i'm a I little guess it's posting little, pictures i don't I'm a little know lost i use it to uh, post promos for the show and that's about it i mean and take I, I probably know. need a little Parker brand help, but I'm I'm not quite there, but I'm going to get there. It changes. I'll tell you what's funny about social media, at least from my perspective, is about just about when you think you've got a plan and the system all worked out, something <laughs> will shift and you got to change it again. Yeah. It's, it's shifting sand constantly. But, I mean, it, it can be fun. I think... Um, it's a lot lo- of work. It is a lot of work. As long as you're having fun doing it. I'm not... Well, that that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that because I hate that feeling when it's like, man, what are we doing? This? I just I feel like I feel like I spend a lot of time on social media because um, I want to respond to everybody. If I post something, I want to respond. Yeah. Or I do get a lot of questions through Messenger, and I'm I'm gonna respond immediately if I can. But sometimes I feel like, God, dog it! I just got started painting this piece of furniture, and now I gotta stop. Yeah. So I can go respond to this or. Or I'm nosy and I want to see if anybody liked it. Yeah, well, I mean, you you're know? posting it. You want interactions. Yeah. It is supposed to be social. That's kind of the point. But. Yeah, I think I forgot that for a lot of years. I, um, I I stopped allowing it to be social, and it just became more about marketing. And I, I thought, you know, this is not a happy place, and it's still not a super happy place. I mean, you have to make it a happy place. I think you do. It's you have a- to make life a happy place. <laughs> you have for to it. do the work. You yeah. really got to do the work, and you got to figure out what makes you happy. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times we uh, we lose ourselves in in being mothers and wives and uh, caregivers to whoever. We lose ourselves, and that's a little sad. It is, yeah. And, and I did it myself. My husband never asked me to. Something I thought I needed to do, and I gave up too much of me. Mm. And it's so nice to find me again. I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. It's fun. I'm not too bad a person. Yeah, now, yeah it's pretty. I'm not, I'm not going to say that everybody gets along with me. I'm much better on my own, but... I, I, I can relate. You said that earlier, and I didn't want to inter- you, I didn't want to jump in, but I, I can relate to that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lone wolf for sure. I don't think anybody really... My, my wife probably knows, but I don't think anybody, even she doesn't really, really know how comfortable i am with yourself just being by myself and it's not no there's no slight on anybody that i love oh yeah mine either it's i but i can get my people meter can get full fast (laughs) i'm very i like this though i can do this but uh i can do a big crowd because i come from a bunch of people yeah (laughs) big family um but only for a certain period of time and after that, it's like, okay, I want to not leave the house for three days. That's my joy. When I get to not leave the house for three days, which hasn't happened in a long time, um, 
Like, yeah. This is great. I was just telling my mother this the other day at her house, and I said, you know, I said, what sounds wonderful to me, a, a, what sounds like a, a great vacation to me is to watch the light move across the floor. And she was like, well, you can have too much of that, though. I said, but if you don't get that enough, I said, for me to just watch the sun, not even go outside and watch it, just watch the light I gotta go outside. But you know what I'm saying? Like, just for a day, just to be still and quiet and watch the light dance across the floor till the sun goes down. And that it's okay to be still and quiet. We don't have to be doing something all the time. Yeah. It's okay to do nothing. Yeah. Sometimes we need to do nothing. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the dangers of social media, I think. You you can get sucked into it and feel like you've got to constantly check and got to do oh, and I got feel to that post. It, it creates that. It creates that sense. What's they say FOMO or whatever, but I mean or even it's, it goes beyond that. It's like almost like an anxiety. And I'm happy. I know this episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. I think we might be at. Oh, we need to do the the, the new fish thing. Fishbowl. Okay. Thing. The, the, the new thing. Yeah, we're gonna do that last. Oh, okay. So we're still doing fishbowl. Still doing fishbowl. Oh man. So you okay. got three. I thought I got to skip. You're not that. bypassing that. No, you get three. So you know how it works. I get three. I don't look at them. I give them to you. No, you just read them. Okay. There's one all at kind a time. Of, you whatever you want to do. However you want to okay, do it. Let's see. Movies that describe who you are and why. Oh, is there a movie or are some movies? Well. Do you like movies? I used to love movies. Really? Um, but that's a that's another thing that's kind of gone by the wayside. Really? I don't, uh, can't concentrate for 
that huh. long a time anymore. And uh, used to be a huge TV addict. Really? And I have five TVs in the house, you know, I mean, like really big. And I don't have cable anymore. Turn that off. Yeah. Well, I do have Sling because I want to watch NASCAR and football. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I had to add Sling. But I can cancel that every month. I don't know. I gotcha. A movie that describes who I am and why. Wow. I'm not coming up with anything. I really... I kind of well, the first thing that came to mind was Forrest Gump. Really, but but that's based on a post that I made the other day. Okay, well, what is that? Tell and, me about it. Well, that was based on it. Was, so I bring the lawnmower to the to <laughs> yeah. the place, and and I tell him what I did. Like, okay, so I I um, I changed the fuel filter, and then. Uh, Tried to change the fuel pump, but the part wasn't exactly correct. So I took that off, and I changed the air filter, and I was going to change the carburetor, but I really think that that's above my skill set. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to change that starter, but I broke the wire on it. But I've changed the starter before, and 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 so the guy goes, okay, I, so I've written down all of your credentials here, and do you want a job? <laughs> And so my post was I tell the I tell the people at the shop what I did before I brought the thing in and they offer me a job that's, again. That's funny. You know, like Forrest yeah. in the I went to the White House again. Again. So yeah, so they, they offered me a job again. I, I love that the, answer. So I wrote down your time. credentials. Did you want a job? That's good. That's what he said. I'm like, well, that's the second time y'all offered me a job here. That's really funny. So, no, I don't want to go work at the mower place. It was hot there. Mm, yeah. Mm. If I'm, I can be hot at the house, but then I can go inside. So. <laughs> I like the answer, though. Yeah. That's good. So, I don't know. I'm sure I have some siblings that will think of a better movie that describes me. That would be an interesting question, yeah, for somebody that knows you. Yeah, I can't wait. Could y'all please, pretty please, all the people that actually know me, please just start a post about what movie really and truly describes me. Because <laughs> I want to see that. Okay. What do you appreciate most about your life right now and why? That's a good question. That's a pretty good question. I really appreciate my freedom right now. Yeah. I really do. I, I appreciate the freedom to pursue something that makes me happy for work. And... Uh, I appreciate the freedom to not have to cook supper because I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, I appreciate the freedom to uh, play with the dog in the middle of the day if I want to. If I if, let me fix that, Mm-mm. not if I want to. If she wants me to. Uh. <laughs> She's a little demanding. Her name is Scarlett O'Hara for a reason. I see. Okay. Oh, that yeah, movie Scarlett O'Hara. Gone with the Wind. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily a drama queen, but I do get pouty sometimes. <laughs> it, could be, it could be Scarlett. Okay. It's a good way to tie those two together. Yeah. Okay, one more, one more, one more. Great products that solve everyday problems. 
Do you own anything that you feel oh, like is I'm, a great product? I'm sure just... I do because I shop a lot. Yeah. Do you have a thing though, like a thing that you go, oh yeah, like this is like a thing I use. Yeah, a lot. you know that mandolin thing to slice cucumbers. Yeah. You know that yeah. that pampered chef mandolin thing that I bought ten years ago, and I thought. I'll never use this. Do you use it? Well, guess what? Go whole food plant-based. You're going to use that sucker. (laughs) Yeah. Cucumbers, onions. Don't do tomatoes. They get stuck. So you use that a lot? Twice a week. Twice a week. Mm -hmm. Do I know what you're talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think it's called a mandolin. I could be wrong. big or small? It's about yay Oh, maybe I don't know what you're talking about. And it's a slicer, and they usually have the little uh, round sticky part so that you stick your cucumber or potato or whatever so that you don't cut your fingers when you're slicing you don't know what i'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have, have to, to look this up, this up. yeah because I, I may be wrong it may not be a mandolin I, but it's something I, like i'm that. trying at first i thought i knew what you were talking about but then i saw the length and you had like about a 12 or 13 yeah, inches i mean I was like, mine's, mine's kind of long length but maybe maybe there are smaller ones well, I don't, I, I yeah, don't but I'm, it's a slicer okay don't slice your finger off because i have i have tried to do that well, I'm going to have yeah. to check that out because I don't even yeah. know what I'm... Everybody thinking. needs one. Well... Well, you probably have one. I'm going to look up man- mandolin food slicers, what I'm going to search. Absolutely. And see what that. And then let me happens. know how wrong I was about what it's called. So that's your that's your thing, huh? I don't know. That's that's like one of my things. Solves a lot of problems. That solves a lot of problems. But I got, I got like, you know... What about in your art business? Is there like something that you just go, yeah, this is like, I can't live without this? Yeah, there's a thing I can't live without and it's stupid. What is it? It's a paintbrush cleaner. Uh, a paintbrush cleaner? Yeah. it's it's uh, It's got the really pointy, like uh, pitchfork kind of sides on one side, and then it's wire brush on the other side. Yeah. And it's so that you can clean your brushes and really get in between the bristles and get the paint out. And I am horrible at cleaning my brushes. Really? <laughs> Terrible. I uh, You wrap in... Um, Reynolds wrap, aluminum yeah. foil. You can wrap them in there. They'll stay damp for a really long time or Ziploc bags. So when you procrastinate the cleaning of your brushes, you still have a chance to recover them. Okay. Especially with that with that brush. But I've had one since I started painting 94 or whatever. And I lost it a while back. Uh. I was devastated. I looked all over. Couldn't find it. My heart was broken over a paintbrush cleaner i get you that i don't even use as much as i should (laughs) so i bought a new one and it just wasn't the same do you ever do that i do this and i i I have two of a lot of things and it's usually those types of things where i I did find the first one and if i lose this i'm gonna really really oh or they're they're going to discontinue it right i think that all the time uh i'm that way with um God, it's so funny. I came up with this. I'm that way with like soap. That's okay. I get like it. if I get Lip a soap liner. and I go, ooh, I like the way this smells. I get this weird feeling in my head, like, man, they're gonna kid, they're gonna discontinue the soap, are. and then you I'm gonna have to are. buy something that's stuff. I don't like the way it smells. And they so did that I with my it. bath salts recently. Yeah. It's like really. Oh yeah. Or a store just won't carry it anymore, and then I have to order it. I just, I, yeah, I, I'm that way. So I usually buy when I come home. 
and I'm buying that type of stuff, mm-hmm. I usually have two or three of it. I have drawers full of soaps and stuff that I just worry the smell's gonna get dis because it has happened to me. Like, oh, I know. You know, there's like, and this is stupid. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, there's a lotion that I loved <laughs> for years the way it smelled, and my wife knows it like restimulates all these memories from like when we were first dating. It had a perfect smell, right? And then the shop just. They had like all this for sale on the little bottles. I went in one day and go, "Why are these on sale?" And, oh, they're discontinuing. And I was like, "What? You're not gonna smell like Orin anymore? I'm not gonna smell like myself anymore? Oh my That's God. what it felt like. I was like, "What am I gonna smell like now?" I mean, Your wife's probably more devastated than yeah, you like, are. What, over if, that. what is he now? What is he gonna smell? Yeah, you're like? gonna have to like find a whole mahogany smell. woods. No, it's gonna be some stupid you ocean some... breeze or something. Oh God, no ocean <laughs> breeze. No sandalwood, maybe. Oh man, yeah, that's funny, but that's that's I'm that way about that kind of stuff because i do i worry about it not worry but like i'll get that bug i'll buy one i'll walk back and go i better get two yeah absolutely oh i'm a gadget girl yeah yeah that's good something good those are good questions i need i need but tomorrow's recommendation wednesday and i don't have anything so yeah i need to come up with something so you recommend products and a lot of times audiobooks or whatever just i like that recommendation Wednesday. did you start that or is this your thing yeah well so the I sell the Debbie's Design Diary DIY yeah. paint, and she does a um, she does a halftime Wednesday thing where she kind of peps us up and gets us motivated and gives us ways to sell our products. And yeah. So it was, you need to have a have a thing that you do every week. Oh, and okay. So I have recommendation Wednesdays and Transformation Thursdays. Okay. And what so, happens on Transformation Thursdays? I don't know if we talked about that. Well, Transformation Thursdays are supposed to be. Um, I took something and and made it. I painted it. Or oh, okay, okay. Somebody else painted it. You know, a, a preferably a client. Like upcycled, but possibly. You upcycled or, a piece of furniture. Yeah. Or uh, I did a mirror a while back where um, it had a bunch of old molds on it and they had all flaked off. So I redid all the molds around the mirror. And these are typically things that I have for sale in my booth. And yeah. I'll video them or I'll take before and after pictures. Or so it's it's Transformation Thursday. So that's that's my job. I'm supposed to have something posted every Wednesday and every Thursday because if I don't. You know, I'm totally going to let that fall by the wayside. That's a hard thing. I've, I've done that a few times where I was like, oh, I'm going to do this every week. And then it's like, ah, it's hard to kind of hit that commitment point. Even this show. I mean, there are some Wednesdays. I, I swore I was going to commit to every Wednesday, and I have. Well, that's good. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't been close sometimes. Well, Transformation Thursday was on Friday, like two Fridays ago. <laughs> yeah, I've almost had to launch this <laughs> like every Wednesday on Thursday. <laughs> like that kind of thing, you know. There's been a few times because with I do it, you know, uh, my this isn't my job. Right. You know, this is, like this, this isn't is my job. Curricular this is extracurricular stuff. A, yeah, it's another project. So it's like, man, if I got something going on and I, I, you can't just go, hey, look, I know you got this deadline, but look, I'm totally in the middle of launching my podcast. So like, <laughs> just chill out. It's going to be fine if yeah. your thing's late. Yeah, no, it'll be fine. You don't need to, off. you don't need to open your business on a particular uh, day. Don't yeah, worry about right. it. You don't need that logo then. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll get that done next week exactly so i get that and I, so every every wednesday on thursday yeah yeah I mean that may actually happen i'm i can't say it's never going to happen oh i can guarantee people that there will be another transformation thursday that happens on friday just because i am really good at procrastinating do you know who reminds me to do my wednesday show it's my mama really yeah my mom she, she listens must like it 
She does. She listens to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, Hi, Mom. I guess she likes it. She listens to it. I don't know if she likes well, it. Maybe she's she just critiquing you the whole time. I don't know about your mom. But I did have one that launched late. Like one morning, I left on a Tuesday night, and I just I, I couldn't get it out. And I was like, well, I'll come in early and launch it, you know. And I just got here, and things. one thing led to another. It's 10 o'clock. And she texted me. She's like, mm-hmm. hey, no, what's what's up? There's no, yeah. no show this morning? What's going on? Yeah. Okay? Why isn't it out? Uh-huh. I was like, man, I wish everybody... Uh, Wish I had that many fans, right? Like going, oh, man, where's the show? Where's the show? See, and I don't know if I want people going, uh, Gingy, uh, it's recommendation Wednesday, and I don't have my recommendation yet. Could you hurry up? I don't know if I want that pressure. <laughs> I'm used to it from my client. I think because of my job. So, yeah. I'm so used to like the deadline going, yeah. okay. And I think that might even be why I was like so important to me that I got mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. But at the, um, because, and, and truthfully, there are shows that I listen to weekly and that come out on different days and when they don't come out I go what's what's going on there's right. no they didn't put one out on right. today what's up what, yeah, what's you're up? disappointed what's up with this free show that I don't pay for <laughs> right what's going on how dare they do that Leave I mean me I, freaking, I don't pay for this app and then I don't pay them and they don't yeah. put my show out and I don't you know advertise on I mean I liked it I share it what's going yeah. on I the, told them I liked it how come they're yeah. not making one I just I mean for I left me? a comment yeah you know I mean come on get my show out <laughs> So you're the guinea pig. We're I'm the adding, guinea pig. yeah, we're adding a new segment to the show, and it's not really a segment. I was gonna, since this is the first one, I just wanted to kind of tell you what it is. Um, a lot of the the questions that are in the fishbowl come from a company called Best Self and Best Self Co. or Best Self Company. But anyway, they produce these um, conversation cards, and I really love them. And that's not everything that's in there, but you actually drew three I of did. them today. I did. I drew three of them, you and sure I did. love them because I have something similar at the house, and they do They're start. wonderful. They I mean, Great conversation stories. They really are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had so many good talks with them. And so one of their decks that came out was, uh, was a Courage to Change deck. And so the Courage to Change deck was a little different. It was more of challenge, a challenge to take. An and action. An action. Like something I'm going to commit to trying to do this. Now, when... Once a week. Yeah. That was the thing. <laughs> I went through some of them and I said, you know, is this something you can do in a week or a day? Some of them are a little heavier. Some are a little lighter. But I, was, I thought, you know what we need to do? We need to incorporate this deck into the show, but it doesn't really fit the fishbowl. So instead of a fishbowl, we have a box. And we're calling it Unbox Your Best Self. So whatever you draw... Okay. I would say... Should I open the treasure yeah, open, chest Yeah, open now? the box. And so you can take the challenge. I'll commit to trying to do whatever you draw. But really, more importantly, this is for the audience to try. And I'm hoping that what people will do is let me know on social media how well it went, their challenge from week to week. So what's the challenge? What'd you draw? I see you got a big smile on your face. Sign up to volunteer for a nonprofit. What? That fits so good with the show. <laughs> Doesn't it? That's literally what it says? <laughs> that is literally what it says. I'm Sign up to volunteer for a nonprofit. How often do we talk about that on this show? Well, a lot. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of nonprofit stuff goes on on this show. Yeah, and there's so, a lot of things that nonprofits need. Yeah, and, and if y'all haven't listened to some previous podcast... Go back and listen because there might be a nonprofit on there you want to volunteer for. Yeah, and I mean, I guarantee you, you, co- you contact any of those nonprofits, they will go. Well, here's here's how you can help. Absolutely, big or small, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be like a giant commitment. Well, okay, so sign up to help for a nonprofit. So I will commit to doing that. 
I'm going to commit to doing that. And we talk about it on the show a lot, but you know, I, I try and encourage other people to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. And so I'm, I'm totally going to do it, but it might be next month. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. It's just <laughs> something to really bench put, put down but, as a to do. Well, my thing was always, I wanted to volunteer for Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. And uh, I never really did. So maybe this is my opportunity to just like say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go volunteer. Yeah. Um, but, um, there's lots of, God, there's so many opportunities out there. You know what else? I mean, this is not necessarily, but I'm I'm a blood donor. Yeah. And I looked at my little page the other day. I was due in May. Well, look, that's another way. I you, need yeah, to go donate. I, I try to uh, whatever six months or so, but I don't always do it like a clock. Yeah, mine was every. I don't. I think it was like six weeks or something. I could go, but yeah, because of my diet. Yeah, I have to wait a couple weeks longer. For okay, my I don't go that often. Yeah, I'm that often, but really? I'm like way overdue. So, okay, yeah. I usually do it twice Volunteer a year. Volunteer for but... nonprofit. Okay, so it's probably going to be Habitat for Humanity, but it might be something else. Like, well, I'll way be curious out of the box. to hear though. Yeah, and I'd be curious to hear what other people do too. Yeah, y'all got to tell me. Yeah, so go not on just, social media. Not and just let us Orin, know. you need to tell me too. Yeah, so tag when this episode comes out. Yeah. We'll make sure that there's a way for them to tag you yeah. in this, so that it's a you know at. Louise, the letter E, Anna, Creations by Gingy That's on it. Facebook. And yep. what's your Instagram handle? That one is Louisiana. Same yeah. way, Louise Wait, E. Louise E. Anna Creations. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it is so. Louise has so it'll be the E at the end of Louise, and then you got to add another E. Okay. It looks funny. I'll put the links in the uh, episode description too. Yeah. I try to tag because when Gingy, this comes y'all out. I won't be able to spell that either. So. I am an overposting fool with these episodes. I mean, That's you, good, you know, I probably post. I, do, I, I mean, see. I have to try. That's good. I know it probably Get gets it annoying, there, but I got to try to, you know, well, yeah. I got to do the work. I'm not famous like some of these podcasters. Exactly. You know, they they got a built-in audience. I got to, got to build one. I got to build that too, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be famous. I don't either. I want to be wealthy, famous, but I won't be famous. Wealthy is fine. Anybody want to like give me a big bunch of money, I'll take wealthy, but I don't want to be famous. <laughs> this has been honestly a really I want to say fun because it has been fun, fun, but you it's been it's fun. been a lot of things. Yeah. It's been a lot of things with a lot of layers. I wasn't sure where we were going to go and we went everywhere. If it was going to be good. We could probably go other places too, but that, I think we, we went places that are, uh, hopefully somebody will. I hope you had a good time. I bet you they did because I did. I laughed. I cried. Yeah. Those are the best days. Yeah. And look, it stopped raining. And I love you just as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.